listening to Soul Knox Podcast, and I'm your host, Carl Aikara. And this is episode number 64. And this week on the podcast, I have Christian Larson from the band Necrofire. Um, yep, the great Texas black metal band Necrofire. And uh, we're, he's on here, and we're talking about their new album, uh, Burning Shadows in the Southern Night, as well as just, I guess, black metal, spirituality. Um, I believe we talk about, uh, you know, his festival, Hell's Heroes, that he has um, every year, and uh, a lot of other st- topics. It was really great conversation. Um, uh, Christian's definitely another one of the guys that I'm really happy to get to know um, and uh, become friends with then uh, over the last little bit, and I uh, definitely want to... Uh, have him back on and talk to him more. So that's going to be happening for sure in the future. Um, and, uh, you know, um, uh, what does it say? My brain went blank for a second. But yeah, I definitely want to have him back on. It was awesome talking to Christian. And uh, he and I have a lot in common. Obviously, we like a lot of the same type of black metal and everything. We also get into our uh, mutual love of dancing, I believe, as well, which is the common denominator of almost every single person who comes on the podcast is a love of dancing. Uh, because, uh, yeah, if you don't like dancing, then um, you might get a fist, you know, and that's what's going to happen. Well, you can't, can't talk bad about the dancing here, right? <laughs> Unless you're talking about his movies. It's one thing. But um, anyways, so yeah. Uh, definitely recommend everybody going to check out their album, Burning Shadows in the Southern Night. Uh, get on Bandcamp and everything. And um, definitely that album is going to be in my top list for this year. Um, the one really great album. Um, it really rewards multiple listens as well. The more I listen to it, the more I like it. Um, and yeah, it's been... So yeah, it's great. And I definitely recommend everybody checking out the Hell's Heroes Festival as well that uh, that Christian puts on. Um, I'm uh, definitely thinking about next year very, very much, trying to decide if I can swing it. Um, we got people like Candlemass, uh, particularly Darvaza is a big draw for me to see Darvaza live. But you also got stuff like Morbid Saint, Rotting Christ doing an old school set, Solitude Eternus. Autopsy, Sodom, and many more. So it's very, very tempting. I'm going to try to see if I can swing it next March. Um, but yeah. <coughs> so yeah, so before I get into the episode, I'm going to do my uh, plugs. Um, <coughs> sorry, still uh, still got a little bit of that cold going on. Um, as far as the plugs go, we got uh, our my gang of podcasters my podcasting brethren the horsemen of the podcast apocalypse every other monday you have horror wolf 666 brandon legion every tuesday you have into the necrosphere with mighty jackie schmidt every wednesday you have everything in black with mike hill and mike and i have a kind of a um, uh, series that we're going that's going between solnox and and um, everyone black called Darkness Weaves, all about the uh, work of Carl Edward Wagner. Our next episode will be out on Soul Knox week after next, and it's going to be all about River of Nights Dreaming. So you, you are warned to go and read that out of the uh, In a Lonely Place collection before uh, you have two weeks, okay? You have, uh, well, a little over two weeks. 
uh, well, let me think. No, you have less than two weeks because it'll be a week from Sunday. This episode's going out on Wednesday night. Um, and then uh, Thursdays, you have uh, Necromaniacs with Mike Kill, Mike Scandato, and Jeff Kashid. Fridays, you have the uh, uh, Break the Apocalypse, formerly known as, uh, sorry, formerly known as Break the Apocalypse, now known as Pitball Media. And at intermittent times, you have Iblis Manifestations with Cheyenne from Trivax. So there is the Horseman. Follow everybody on social media. Rate all the podcasts. You can follow me at Denver Underground Radio or my name. Denver Underground Radio is the online radio station that I run with my friend Ken. We have shows every Tuesday and Thursday um, starting at 9 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And uh, that would be... Um, Tuesdays is my show Darklands, which is uh, um, black metal, death metal, dark ambient, etc. Our show on Thursdays is dark, uh, The Upstairs Room with Goth, Dark Wave, Post Punk, you know, Electronic, well, whatever we feel like playing. And uh, you can tune in live, um, like I said, every Tuesday and Thursday at www.denverundergroundradio.com. And you can follow us on social media, and you can get uh, links to the uh, Spotify playlists for all the shows, and uh, see the playlist as well as the podcast stuff on the uh, Instagram. So check that out. And then, uh, yeah, I have a uh, Patreon, patreon.com forward slash soul knocks podcast, $2 a month, and uh, you're going to get about at least two, if not more, bonus episodes a month. Appreciate everybody who's on there. Um, yeah, hopefully get some more people showing up soon. And probably I uh, need to get more content up on there. I appreciate everybody being patient. I've had a pretty rough last two months. Um, but that is all getting better now. Um, luckily we're on the other side of the, some of the difficulties. So, um, yeah, so I'm waiting on, uh, my, the Brides of Dracula right now. So once I get that, I'm going to watch for Dracula, Brides of Dracula for my Dracula series. Probably trying to try to get two of those out, both two of the Hammer episodes out for Dra- Dracula, and I'm also going to be putting an episode up here soon, all about um, um, all my Vercoilcast uh, demos that I've been re re, re- um, not really releasing, but releasing finally into the world. Um, I have a whole series of demos, and I'm going to do a Patreon episode all about all of them and what they mean and what what's going on and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, that's what's up for the Patreon. <clears throat> and if you're interested in hearing that music, it's for callcast.bandcamp.com. And uh, so, as far as the schedule for the podcast, before I get into the episode, uh, obviously this one's coming out. And then on Sunday, you're going to have uh, a top, essentially a top 20 black metal albums of all time that I did with my friend Malzier, who uh, it's been about a year since he was on. He was one of my first guests because he's um, one of my oldest friends. Um, in the world, one of few people I've known uh, for as long for what, seventeen years, eighteen years now. So um, we're gonna we get into our top twenty uh, black metal albums, primarily focusing on the top ten, but we do say all twenty. Um, so I'm looking forward to everyone hearing that. Uh, I know there's a lot of people who have expressed interest in knowing my top list, but so far I've only gotten the uh, death metal list out. Um, but yeah, this one is coming out, and then later on in the year, there'll be one with, uh, Thrash and Speed Metal with, with, uh, Razor Eater Metal, David Brarty again. Um, and then, 
yeah, then uh, next week's second episode will be uh, The Horror Hotel um, with my friend Mike Purdy, and we're talking about uh, the movie Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight. So, yeah, that was uh, Mike's pick this time. So, and I'm very excited to watch that again. Uh, you know, I haven't seen it since I was a kid, so it's going to be very exciting. Um, so, yeah, if you uh, yeah, get keep that in mind. And like I said, Darkness Weaves will be the uh, the capper for the month. And um, yeah, I haven't decided what the uh, se- second episode that week will be. Um, anyways, so hope you guys enjoy. I'm going to kick off this uh, with the song Destroying Angels from Burning Shadows in the Southern Night by the Mighty Necrofire. Hope you guys enjoy. Hail Satan. <laughs>
Well, I just want to say welcome to the podcast, Christian. It's great to have you on. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, and, and you kind of reached out, and I was like, "Yeah, totally. Have it. Be great to talk to you." I uh, I just listened to your episode with uh, with Jackie yesterday, so <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah, you guys talked about a lot of, a lot of good stuff. Like your podcast and Jackie's and uh, like Cheyenne's and things like that are they're my favorite as far as I mean they're the only ones I actually listen to and that I've you know honored you guys have me on. Yeah, it's it's great that we kind of have like our. Um, I feel like, I feel like a lot of our podcasts we kind of have we share a lot of guests, you know, like, and I, but I feel like that's kind of part of that kind of build a bigger community where it's kind of like, you know, kind of connecting with their, you know, with everybody through through the po- different podcasts and it's like the different bands that kind of uh, get get on every podcast and all that kind of stuff. I think it's pretty cool. Our world is way smaller than i feel like i ever even imagined it would be <laughs> <laughs> it can be yeah i mean you kind of end up having this point where it's like everybody's kind of running i don't know you have these like kind of circles of, of people where it ends up being like every you know i think there's just like minds kind of gravitate toward towards each other you know what i mean and so it's like you have these links between all these different people you know what i mean <laughs> yeah it's always you know, say if you're touring and you go somewhere and you start hanging out with somebody and you're, they're like, oh, do you know Blah? And like, oh, yeah, I know them pretty well. Okay, you guys are friends too. Here we go. <laughs> I'm in the right spot. Yeah, it's, it's a good, good, good link there. The um, but yeah, I, I actually found out. I think I, I found out about Necrofire through the Jackie's podcast through the Necrosphere. So because oh, cool. uh, having you when you, you know he's had you on what I think three times now. Yeah, the third. Yeah, so I think um from that that first one and then the one he did after he did that tour of danzig and then um and then uh this newest one but yeah and um so that's how i kind of came across you guys and then of course i heard the episode you did with with cheyenne as well which was great and um like it's always uh it's it's always great to kind of come in contact with other people who are like serious about like black metal like and the spiritual side of it and the whole like whole thing you know what i mean it's not just like music you know like it's a little i mean yeah because i feel it's especially why i was excited because like uh i didn't know about your podcast and then i saw uh five post it and i was like oh what's oh it's like how do i not know about this i mean i'm not out there searching out podcasts so it's not like that but uh when i saw it i was like oh cool and then i listened to the whole episode and uh, i was like oh this is great yeah yeah i'm glad you enjoyed it in america that stuff doesn't really fly a lot there's uh like tongue-in-cheek thrash stuff mixed in with black metal and other things and all that stuff's great except it's it's a different world yeah exactly that's that's kind of my my thing like um there's there's not as many bands i feel like in america who are like serious about about the whole the whole you know black metal as being more than just uh just music or just for the fun or whatever like a lot of people i meet here in colorado i feel like you know they can be great people but they're not very serious about the deeper you know there are there are people here you know that i do know that are very serious about it you know but like there's also a lot of people who are uh, very much all about you know just having fun or whatever you know and that's always it's part of it too but there's more to it to me with black metal you know i feel the same like and um i feel like that with necrofire like you kind of pour your like everything that they you're into their music right mm-hmm yeah, that's uh, it's like you know, there's a couple, there's bands definitely in America that have it, but it's you know, like I mean, 
of course, like you're wearing a Beharit hoodie. If, like, I feel like most of the stuff I listen to is in Europe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, you know, uh, but that's just like, you know, especially with black metal, how I connect to it. It's uh, it's more of like the spiritual side of it. And it's like, uh, I don't know, creating something that's more than just like some music and things like that, which. Well, I feel I've, I was say, I feel like that's that's always been a, a big part of black metal though. I mean, you go back to the early nineties, like um part of what set black metal apart, I think, from some of the death metal and different things was taking it that next step of seriousness, you know, like having an ideology, having like a uh, whole like thing behind what you're doing as opposed to just making music for the fun of it, you know what I mean? Yeah, if you read all that, like whenever like it was like black metal and death metal were coming and it was like death metal was like, oh, you guys are just a bunch of partiers and you don't care or whatever the fuck was going on with those dudes back then. Yeah, well, I, was, I also feel like, uh, you know, the funny part about early black metal scenes, I feel like some of them were kind of like, um, uh, like it's still like coming from that earlier death metal where they're both kind of the same thing, you know what I mean? Like, and then being like, well, we don't want to be dressing in like, you know, tropical shorts and, and what, whatever, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> the funny thing is that like, you know, a lot of feel like uh, black metal started and like all those dudes were all heavy metal dudes, which is great. And that probably is like why it's so like a lot of black metal has that kind of influence on it. But you know, I feel like, you know, cause especially when that scene started, all those guys were young, like super young. So like, why not? You're going to be listening to like all sorts of stuff like man of war and wearing leopard pants and do stuff. And then like, you know, got more they matured and then like they kind of they created something special yeah i feel like black metal a big part of it was like all right we're gonna wear leather and spikes and you know like have the whole the whole thing you know what i mean like was a part of it too like as opposed to going up with a t-shirt and some camo camo pants or something you know what i mean <laughs> yeah like uh i've never been about like that even before like uh even before i was in a black metal band or anything like even previous stuff it's like oh i just don't like it when bands are presented that way not saying i don't listen to some bands that dress like that you know but i just for myself that's not anything i've ever wanted to do like there's no shorts on stage stuff like that you know it's just no yeah i don't wear shorts generally but <laughs> no neither do i <laughs> <laughs> the um yeah that i think like um like yeah and i do think you're right about the heavy metal part because i feel like heavy metal was a little bit more like all right, let's let's like you know, let's make a show out of this. You know what I mean? Like Ursula Fate and all those, you yeah, know, Judas Priest. That, that and heavy metal was like a. I think heavy metal gives gave black metal kind of like the wildness of it, where it's you know just kind of like a crazy shows. Like even like I mean, you can go like like Nephilim. Like their favorite band is Iron Maiden. Yeah. And like I feel like with the way they are and the way they've done like their uh, just everything they've done with music like it's it's super it's got i mean iron maiden's their biggest influence so that's you know i feel like that feeds into a lot of it yeah i think it's interesting with nifflheim because it's like uh it's like fucking you know dirty thrash black thrash but then you got these like you have like sebastian from necrophobic or like you know people like that doing like all these like beautiful solos over it and whatever your crazy <laughs> solos or, you know yeah. <laughs> which i think is a cool combination you know I'm in. I'm into solos and black metal. I know there's a lot of people who find that controversial, but I'm. I like it. I like putting I like solos in my in my stuff. Because I mean, I, there's so many bands out that you know. I feel like it's uh, it's fine to have not have solos, but yeah, like I don't feel like it, if it's done right that it should be just kind of just 
you know, condemned. Yeah. I mean, it, and the it, bachelor of necrophobic is an amazing example. Cause he's super talented. And I mean, if you've seen necrophobic, it's a borderline heavy metal show. Yeah. I've never gotten to see them. Like, I mean, I don't think they've ever, maybe they played Maryland death fest or something here. Yeah, but, the only yeah. place, I yeah. saw him at MPS like, a not uh, last year. Yeah. Or whenever. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, I think I don't remember when it came. Yeah, that that's like the only time you're gonna see them here. Unfortunately, I don't have to see. I'd really love to see Necrophobic. I'm really sad I never got to see Niflheim, but like, I'm a big fan of Necrophobic. Like, um, particularly like when Sebastian joined. Like, I feel like they're my favorite albums is like the third Antichrist, and then I like Bloodhems, and I like the last two albums a lot. I think the last two are some of their best as well. Yeah, they're really really good. Yeah, I want to have like a. They're on the list to bring down for Hell's Heroes, like sometime coming, you know, in future years, or they have to play. <laughs> I like them too much not to try to get them over. Yeah, you should. I mean, I, I, on that episode of Jack, you guys are talking about getting you're getting Riding Christ coming out. Like, I feel like Necrophobic are another band that's very much borderline, like with the heavy metal influences. You know what I mean? Like, it could go really well with Hell's Heroes. I think so for sure. That and like, I don't. In the the heavy metal community kind of came. It's always been like more prominent in Europe, and then and it's kind of grown a lot in the states. But I don't know some of those like you know, especially the younger kids that are into that even know about some of these other bands. So that's half the reason I throw some of this stuff on the festival. Right. Yeah. Cause... I mean, that, and like I love it. So it's. I mean, that's kind of like the whole point of uh, the fest. <laughs> right. Kind of bring in bring in some of those some of those uh, I guess black metal borderline bands. But I mean you get back to the, you know, eighties, you got plenty of bands who are kind of like towing those lines. Like one band I found pretty recently was, um, uh, the Polish band caught, uh, mm. metal and hell album. Like that, that's Dude. like, borderline, <laughs> like the best. Yeah. Uh, I went to Poland and, uh, we went like, we were in, uh, Krakow and I, we did uh, like a ghost tour or something, you know, cause it's legendary, just old city. And the guy was doing the tour. I was like, man, this guy's a fucking metalhead. And I was, I was like, do you know who Cat is? And he was like, do I know who Cat is? That was my first concert I ever went to. How do you <laughs> know who Cat is? <laughs> I I found out about him because Nucor now just did that reissue recently. Mm. And so I was watch, watching um, his video about, about the reissue and stuff. And I was like, this band looks pretty, pretty sick. And I found the album and I was like, it instantly went up to like one, one of my favorite of that kind of black speed thrash metal like i don't i don't know how to it's like that kind of middle point where it's like it's like black metal but it's got like heavy metal speed metal elements i guess you know like it's not quite thrash but yeah like in that rule in that time frame i feel like there wasn't any rules there definitely wasn't you know like everybody kind of so many bands that they're like everybody had to define kind of what's going on so it was just a giant mix everything yeah i i like that I'm really into that kind of the kind of mixture of like, all right, let's let's kind of like, what's well, another thing too? Like with like, say like the early black metal scene, like Euronymous and those guys, like, and you can, um, you can hear that even with some people like Alan from Primordial talking about it. Like, black metal back then was about the subject matter mm-hmm. as opposed to the sound. So it's like that's why Merciful Fate and Hellhammer and Bathory are all black metal. You know what I mean? Even though they sound almost <laughs> yeah. nothing like each other, because it's like. And I, I kind of, that's how I, a lot of times I actually just look at it like that. I'm like, black metal to me is a cult satanic metal. You know what I mean? Like it can have like a lot of different types of sounds going on. Oh, agreed. The, uh, was in like the, like somewhere 2008 ish, there was that, like the whole thing 
where it was like uh Watane was start like just starting to really pop off like where everybody like you know and then uh in solitude and devil's blood and like that whole group of bands like no one sounded the same at all but it was all in like the same uh it was all this, i mean yeah it wasn't this, it, they none of them sounded the same but i feel like they were all part of the same group yeah exactly yeah i saw that i was that... obsessed with all that stuff at that time so like i was just like this is amazing but yeah but none of you and you could be like oh i'm into all this without you know even referencing that the devil's blood sounds like a 70s rock band you know yeah i think it was about the the underlying spirituality behind those bands you know like they were all like serious about what they're talking about and you know i saw that decibel tour with uh in solitude devil's blood watane behemoth yeah that was a good one it was amazing here in denver they had nightbringer open too so it was just like it was an incredible night you know it's like just seeing all those bands and um and within solitude like i liked that i can't it's kind of funny of them like i actually ended up liking them more later with the sister album and then i went back to that album because i liked it when i saw it live but after sister came out that's when i became really obsessed with in solitude and then and then now i actually kind of like the second album better but i like i like them both yeah yeah, I started like I I got uh I heard them back on like a heavy metal comp when they just had like the self-titled record and I was like oh this is cool and when they put out the world of flesh the devil I was like obsessed like I couldn't stop listening to it yeah and through me when it came out like I don't know if it, it wasn't what I wanted to hear or something but now I like it yeah it's it's different and it's kind of a funny thing like I think the world of flesh the devil is an album that you have to listen to a, a lot like you have to listen to, you can't just listen to it once you got to like listen to it a few times and then as you listen to it you get like really enveloped into the the atmosphere and you really get you know what you know what i mean like it, it you have to feel what that record's about like especially like once you listen to enough that you start like listening to on burning paths like a bunch and you're just like this song is this i mean that song i feel like it's, it's one of my favorite song on the record and it's uh it's like something else but yeah the more you listen to that record i feel like the more you get hooked yeah and i love the the video that um they did for that like um i don't know i was just really into that whole at that time i was kind of really into that whole thing of like and i have a I have a project i did uh, i might bring back eventually called warlock which was like um kind of like trying to do that where it's occult like heavy met like metal goth metal mixed in little goth metal goth mixed in like you know like that kind of stuff like because i just really like this idea of like okay let's make some like you know more i guess on the heavy metal side of things but with like occult lyrics and everything i think it's just an awesome awesome combination you know what i mean oh agreed like uh i, I recently found that band the night eternal which kind of has okay. that same vibe yeah Versus... i noticed you post that i was like okay so in our small world what we were talking about was i mean that night eternal i thought it's been a good band that new record is so good and you posted it and i was like yeah okay i was like all right that's it's like like minds and it's like but you're talking about like somehow like you know like we gravitate especially with say it's the only thing i actually really like about social media is like uh i'm like oh okay i'm not completely insane there's some other people uh like in the same sphere as me that are like okay this is really good i also like this and i into this and i read this yeah that, i think that's one good thing like social media is kind of a weird thing because it's like um uh, and there's like a good and a bad to it like but it i mean there's there's like the bad side which but then there's also this good side where you can meet people with like minds and you know like there's it, it can be useful for yeah connecting with people and um 
definitely for me i mean i've met a lot of people cool people over social media and particularly since i'm doing the podcast like it's been really expanded it's been really cool because because sometimes like you can feel pretty like particularly here i can you can feel pretty alone sometimes you're just like yeah like <laughs> there's yeah, not a whole lot of people out there that are, share the same stuff with me you know yeah otherwise i mean especially for i would say the stuff we're into it's there's there's a like there's not a lot of us out there so social media is the only way otherwise you know I, got, I it would be very hard for us to ever connect or you know just like random meeting or something like that because we're all sprinkled throughout the globe and then uh you say like you know like then you start following somebody like on social and you're okay i was like we have you know and then it's like a good it's, it feels good yeah definitely and yeah i mean at this point like i mean I made friends with people like literally across the globe. I have friends in Australia, friends in all over Europe. You know what I mean? Like you're like <laughs> in South America, you know, it's like, it's like, there's pretty much the only way all going to meet is through social media. I just wish social media was a little bit better. I kind of missed the old MySpace days because I, I, like, <laughs> I liked MySpace more. <laughs> I mean, I feel like since it's all like a money grab or pushing stuff at this point, it becomes, you know, it's not like, I feel like what it's supposed to be. Yeah, well, I just think back, you know, say with MySpace back when it first started, when it was a bit more, there wasn't as much of that going on. Like, um, you know, I've made friends on there that I'm still friends with today, you know, like almost 20 years later, you know what I mean? Like, made a lot of contacts and stuff. And it was a good way for a band to to uh, make connections and also get their music out there in a more natural way where you don't have to pay for advertising and stuff like that. I mean, yeah, that was great. Um, yeah, back, yeah, MySpace days, just, you could actually check out bands, then you could see bands they recommended and just, it was just there in front of you in the front of the computer. Yeah, it was great. Like you have a band and be like, you know, it would be that kind of thing where you'd be like, um, see a band and they'd be like, uh, these are the bands, our influences, whatever bands we recommend you check out. And then like, you know, I had my friends who were in different bands and I would make sure to put their names in there. So people would go check them out and you know what I mean? Like. It was cool you know that kind of stuff that really i mean it helps more than i feel like anybody ever <laughs> realized until it went away yeah once 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 i went away it's like at this point um there's really not very many good ways of like promoting i mean you just have to use social media to your best your ability i mean but it's like yeah i hope you, you know. post something and someone sees it because it isn't getting like shadow blocked or just not pushed the right way because it has the wrong content or whatever yeah I'll even dismiss Instagram before Fe Facebook bought it because uh, Instagram before Facebook bought it was at least a bit closer to MySpace where you're like, yeah, Instagram was great. I feel like before Facebook bought it. Yeah. I feel like they bought Instagram just to, to fucking ruin it. Basically. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh yeah. They're just like, here's another revenue stream that we can do the same thing we did to this other platform. Yeah. Cause I, I, and it was pretty immediate. Like, I mean, for like my radio show, my radio station, we used to get like, you know, 60 to 100 likes every every post and stuff like that and then as soon as facebook bought it, it went down to like five you know yeah. what i mean <laughs> that's a, that's a sad part on some of that it's like especially even you know a lot of like what you see on like i mean because a lot of people are on social media like myself included all the time so it's feeding all your mind all this stuff so it's it's messed up that you can't like mostly control it i mean you can control who you follow and stuff like that and if anybody anything bugs me, I'm immediately like, nope, nope, <laughs> like you're gone. But then you just get 
suggested nonsense, you know, and that stuff, uh, it's too much. Well, I was saying, I think I was on the podcast, I was talking to my friends, so it's like, um, uh, it was like, if you follow one certain type of account or whatever, let's say it's like a comedian or something like that, then all of a sudden, like, all you're going to see is stuff. If you put, and you follow anything that's remotely political, you're going to, all you're going to see is political stuff from people you don't even follow. So I see, so if you do that, like eventually you'll see more suggested video videos and stuff like that from people you don't even follow than the people you follow. It's yeah, that's, that, that's insane. Yeah. The only time that's worked in my favor is on Facebook. Like uh, I follow a bunch of artists and I started getting all this crazy dark art recommended to me and I'm all, hey, thanks. Yeah. Facebook is actually, ironically, Facebook is a little bit better with that because like, uh, you'll get recommended stuff that's more relevant with Instagram. It's just like, I mean, right, right, right now, every other post I see is like cat videos, which is okay. I don't mind that, but it's like, I don't see like my own, you know, like my own people. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. yeah. And uh, yeah, but, but I have found with, with Facebook, Instagram, the, the key to, to kind of hijacking the thing is to purposely go to people's pages that you want to follow that you want to see, go on their page, like type it in a lot, we'll get on there, like some posts and do that like repetitively. And eventually you'll start seeing more of the kind of posts you actually want to see. I had to do that Facebook a while ago. And um, like, you know, like with those, I follow mostly art pages on there and, and stuff about horror or whatever. And it's like, um, I kind of, I'll go on their pages and look at them and stuff like that to make it be like, Oh, you want to see more of this? And then I'll get recommended more like particularly horror. It shows me a ton of horror posts. So. Yeah, sometimes it works out. Yeah, but it's 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 hard. To... Evil, evil empire listening to everything you say and trying to sell you things is a little much. It's it's very much another creepy thing is like um so like um where I live like they they got a new dog which is like a he's like a I forget it's Staffordshire Pitbull like you know he's like really sweet dog he's like I love him but he's like. I don't post. I haven't posted a picture of him or nothing on my on Facebook or whatever. But for some reason, and maybe I took a picture of him to show show my friends or something. And now Instagram is showing me like strappers, like the pit bull videos. <laughs> and I'm like, I didn't post anything about him or anything like that. Like, how are you? Like, <laughs> all you gotta do, you gotta do is mention the word pit bull or your phone. <laughs> it's like fucking ridiculous. I hate that. <laughs> Like yeah, they're they're listening, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> the um, yeah, like, because I I was in the say so you're right. So we're talking about heavy metal and stuff. You also have was a Night Cobra is your other band? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like more heavy metal. Yeah, Night Cobra is straight like uh, it's a, it's straight like kind of punk heavy metal. I use a lot of like kind of in solitude influence on the singing, but it's uh, that's kind of what it is. Gotcha. Kind of like. Going for that real raw '80s type of type of vibe. Yeah, for sure. Because I haven't really listened to Night Cobra uh, um, yet, so I need to do that. Because I've mostly been listening to the new Necrofire album a lot, which I think that's a really great album that you guys did. So, thank you. Like, um, I feel like the uh, like we're talking about like the kind of way that you utilize the the different types of elements in the music is is very great. The I re- I'm really happy how this record turned out because. Uh, we were writing the songs and things like that and going through it like the I had kind of like an idea of what I wanted to sing about and go through on that angle of it. But just like how it turned out musically, 
I feel it's a lot different than I feel like anything that's kind of than most things that are going out, especially in the black metal world. So uh, I feel a lot better. I like doing that opposed to, you know, it's like saying, okay, in the, in America, everybody loves raw black metal. So we're going to put out like a raw black metal album that just sounds like this, you know, just because uh, I know there's a fifth million people that probably do that. But uh, right. <laughs> I mean, I feel like carving your own paths always the way to go, even if it means that you're not going to, like, you know, say possibly get to whatever where you want to get with uh, a musical project faster or whatever. I think it's better to be true to yourself than uh, try to chase trends. You know what I mean? Just when you make stuff that's like true to your own vision, I think it's better because then, you know, people will come around, you know, like, and that's what they'll be attracted to is the uniqueness or, you know what I mean? Like that you're yeah, doing something I, different. I mean, I can't, I mean, it happens with music. I feel all the time. And I can't imagine being like actually saying the words like, Hey dude, everybody's doing this. We should do that. It's usually the opposite. I'm like, everybody's doing what? Like, fuck that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, can we do the complete opposite? That's generally my 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 attitude towards stuff as well. <laughs> the uh and I don't know. For me, like I'm like type of person that um I just can't I'm not I can't really do covers very good. I can't play other people's things. I just play what I play. You know what I mean? Like that's kinda how I feel like where it's like I'm not even trying to like copy somebody else's work because that's so I can't even do that. You know what I mean? I'm not, I have, I'm not one of those guys who can play anything. You know what I mean? <laughs> even like, I feel like with covers, uh, if you're going to cover something, I feel like covers that are really done well are done when they're not the same song, like where it is the same song, but it's not. Yeah. Like, like hurt when Johnny cash covered it or something, I guess is probably the number one best example of that. Yeah. Like if I were to do a cover, I'd definitely try to do it in my own style. Like, um, and actually, like with the with a new project that I that I have, like we're planning on doing, like maybe like a, a Misfits cover, but in kind of a black metal way. You know what I mean? Awesome. Like, yeah, I want to hear that. Yeah, because that's that's like I'd like to cover like Blood Feast or something like that. We've been talking about doing a Misfits cover after we did those dancing shows. <laughs> it's just like we have to do this, but it hasn't really. Uh, we haven't got around to it yet. I think uh, this year we're planning on we're doing a couple weird covers, like doing a little EP of them. We just like just stuffed all black metaled out, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah, yeah, I think, like you said, like it's better to do covers like your own way, or yeah, like I mean, you already got the way that's been played, so you know, yeah, why well, cover it exactly note for note? Like, this seems kind of kind of weird, yeah. Like, for me, like the, the Misfits and Danzig, like, Danzig is my number one favorite artist of all time, so Danzig's amazing. And so, like, um, you know, Misfits was, like, a big part of how I learned how to play guitar. It was, like... <laughs> Same. Yeah, like, I learned how to play guitar. Like, my dad taught... My dad was, like, really into, like... Um, like, he was born in the 40s. So he was, like, really into early rock and roll, blues, country, that kind of stuff. So he taught me how to play, you know, like, Johnny Cash and Elvis songs and, you know, folk songs and stuff like that, right? And then when I started getting in my own stuff, like, the Mis I learned, basically learned all the Misfits songs, you know, like, that a Misfits song book website, and I was just, like, trying to learn everything, you know? Misfits, uh, especially when you're young and you can't play, like, the Misfits, I mean, it's, it's you know, since it's power chords and the song structures are, like, a little more simple, it's very, it's, it's real exciting to be able to learn something and, like, you're like, oh, I played, I can play this song. 
Yeah, it's, it's super you know, easy. <laughs> other than like, you know, it's like this. Here's Freebird. Learn this. You're like, dude, this is really tough. I can't do any of this. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely like, and I've always first, I've always been really into to that kind of, you know, like, uh, I like like stuff when it's kind of like still it has that. I don't know, like, with the Misfits, even with Danzig stuff, like a lot of Danzig stuff isn't super technical, but it's just really musical and. You know what I mean? Like it's got a got a good vibe and stuff. But you're you know even with like John Christ, you know he's a great guitarist, but he's not like you know Malmsteen or something like that. You know what I mean? I kind of gravitate more to that kind of stuff where it's not like super like crazy technical. You know what I mean? I feel like so, well sometimes I feel like the more technical people get, the more they just kind of show off that they're technical, and that, like actually playing music gets lost in the mix sometimes. Not with all of them, but a good, you know, or they're just playing to show off or like, check it out. I did this solo in this thing and watch me rather than being like, hey, here's this song I wrote. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely I like songwriting. Like, I think it's important that you write a good song first and foremost, and then everything else kind of goes around that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then especially those Misfits, like especially the Misfits records, because those things, they just kind of like if you the songs are great, but they also cap the, what they captured on those recordings, no matter what they sound like or not, are special. And, you know, when you get stuff like that, that's why we're still talking about the misfits 40 years later, you know? Right. Yeah. I feel like the misfits importance too, and misfits and selling and, um, and even Danzig, I feel like, I feel like he has a lot more importance to the, even the extreme metal world than a lot of people give credit to like, you know, like when I hear stuff like um, Wolf say, like Earth AD Wolf said, or, you know, like, um, I mean, well, yeah, like Wolf's what, sorry, or like even early Sammy and stuff like I feel like that stuff like there's a clear parallel to some of the stuff going on in the black metal world as well, you know, in the 80s, you know what I mean? Yeah, especially. And then when Danzig was doing all those tours, he was taking stuff out like Marduk and, you know, like he, like Danzig loves black metal. Like the only reason we even got on that tour is he was like, He's like, I like these guys because he, you know, like Cradle of Filth's one of his favorite bands. That's why Cradle's on tour, or you know, like that's why he's taking Behemoth out this year. Like, they, he he really loves black metal. Yeah, yeah. I went to the Marduk Possessed like tour with Danzig. Mm-hmm. Like that was amazing. Like that was a good one. Unfortunately, I missed the one that you played like last year because of some car problems. So, but uh, yeah, I was like really bummed because that's the first time I missed Danzig and like. 20 years <laughs> oh man yeah dude but, he was uh, on fire on that tour uh i mean he, he's close to i don't know if he's 70 or he was close to 70 when we were doing that tour and he went out there every night just jumping off the monitors throwing you know like just like getting out down on the front like right in front of the barricade like up in everybody's face just microphones screaming like uh running awesome. i mean it was like i was like i was impressed He's one of those guys that like is like, yeah, like, um, for real. Like, I think that that's when that aspect of that whole kind of original punk thing in the seventies, you know, like before it kind of got co-opted by a lot of stuff. But that original like impetus of punk was like you're being for real. You know what I mean? Like, even with like all of the stuff that they do, like that's because that's what he wants. It's his vision, you know. And and like, he still has that whole thing going on to this day. You know what I mean? Or it's just like. You know, like he's for real. Like I remember, actually, I met him one time before one of his shows. Like I was at my 
friends has my friend my one of my friends he used to have like a, a bookstore down in here in car denver to, and um i was there hanging out with him and and danzig came in and bought some records and stuff like that and badass <laughs> yeah and I, it was funny because he was like um when i saw him later that night like playing playing the show he was dressed pretty much exact same thing he just had some different boots and a belt buckle on but he was dressed exactly the same way he was when he was walking around all day you know what i mean <laughs> i was like that's awesome you know like he's just like danzig's still punk as fuck too like you know i feel like mean, he's like ready like somebody if, you know i feel like he's just waiting for someone to step out of line you know and like i'll like you want to go let's go and I'm like, <laughs> all right yeah it's funny he's like almost he's like almost 70 now it's like fucking still going i mean that's great though i mean the last time I saw him was uh, he played here on Halloween night. Oh, awesome. Which was awesome. That was like 2018. He, uh, he, I mean, I feel like right now he's almost more on top of it than ever. Like Danzig's doing, like, you know, especially where Danzig's at right now, just with like, I feel like time and culture, it's like he's like, it's came back around where everybody, it's like he's getting what he needs. And the Misfits, like, I mean, the Misfits are playing arena shows. Like, I can't, I would have never imagined that when I was like, like you know like a punk teenager that some band i love like the misfits would be playing like it you know like where some basketball team plays for 10 to fifteen thousand people yeah i know it's crazy like when i saw that those those shows they're doing are like in fucking arenas i was like this is crazy like yeah i like if they came close to here i'd probably try to go but i have seen them do um misfit stuff like before like the very first time i saw him he, he was on tour with uh gorgeous frankenstein you know of the doyle yeah. and uh they came out and they played like a whole set of misfit songs at the end of the show they were, I, was, I mean i saw those those were i mean it was it was pretty solid when they were doing that yeah and that was i think when tommy victor was still or not tommy victor and um, what's his name um the, uh, the older the older guitarist was still in the band um i forget his name somewhere in there and then it, in there. it was like it was because it was for uh circle of snakes i think that tour but uh i can't remember that guitarist name um but yeah like the um but yeah that was cool and like um i've seen him do it again later on like and yeah it's funny because when I, the first time i saw him it was at you know mid-sized like theater and there wasn't that many people there and then you know the last time i saw him it was at the a much bigger ballroom and completely sold out you know like packed like so it seems like maybe he's, he's kind of yeah like you're saying he's kind of like rising back in popularity you know yeah there's there's something like in the water where it's say like even king uh you know in early 2000s like you know king was playing clubs to 500 people stuff like that yeah. Now it's like, uh, I mean, I'm sure like he's gonna like solo stuff's coming back sometime soon, but I mean, that Merciful Fate run was nuts. I don't know, did you get to catch that at all? Yeah, I saw it here. It was at that, yeah, it was at a uh, Fillmore ballroom here, which is you know, pretty the same place as I'm dancing last time. It's pretty, you know, it's a bigger size venue, you know, and it was pretty much sold out. Like, there's so many people there, like, and it was an incredible show, too. Like, yeah, like, well, even like 20 years ago, I feel like, uh, or no, even not nine twenty. Let's go with ten years ago. You'd be hard. I feel like I would be hard pressed to be someone was like, "Oh, we're like Jam and King Diamond." They're all, "What are you guys listening to?" I'm yeah, like, you don't know, like King Diamond, but now it's like the, it's come back around. Everybody's like, "Yes, King's the King," which is good. Like, yeah, 
it's just strange sometimes how like uh, stuff like that happens. Yeah, Alan Avril did an episode about Merciful Fate discography, and he was talking about that in, in his podcast where he's like, he's like in the '90s, like Merciful Fate was totally uncool. Like people would make fun of you for listening to them, and now he's like they're fucking huge <laughs> again, you know. <laughs> Yeah, it's like they're everything. Yeah, no one the '90s for sure. Yeah, 2000s it was just kind of like a whatever. You listen to that, sure. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird. I mean, I remember getting uh, Merciful Fate. I got like the set that had Don't Bake Doth and Melissa like in one you know box. Like uh, it was like one of those Century Media like double CD album things that they had back in the early 2000s. And uh, I mean, I had read it, you know, uh, Merciful Fate's like one of the black metal bands, you know, so I picked it up and I was like, I was into it, you know, like I heard him. I was a little like, I feel like I was thrown. I mean, I was also like 16 and or like 15 going, OK, what did I get myself into? At the, yeah. t- you know, at the time, I feel like everything I was listening to was like Metallica and Slayer, Megadeth, Sepultura and things like that. Yeah. So as soon as I heard some high vocals as a 16 year old, I was kind of like, "Oh, what am I getting? What is this?" <laughs> One sec. Sorry, there was a centipede. I can't let that live. <laughs> man you guys get centipedes that bad up there i mean i guess it's kind of no they're not they're not as big as that i'm sure down there they're fucking huge but i don't see them very often here but i was like i saw my cat trying to mess with it and i saw it realized i was like oh shit this is gonna i'm like i don't want that i live in the basement i was like i don't want this fucking thing running around here <laughs> but yeah with a merciful fate i think it was like one of those things where it was a little bit hard to get used to the high-pitched vocals but at the same time, there's something about it that I liked a lot, so I kept listening to it. You know what I mean? Like, particularly "Don't Break the Oath." That's like probably my favorite Merciful Fate album. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, I mean, it's just anything else. Like with something when you first hear it, it's like all, you know. Some, I mean, sometimes it's like immediate love. Sometimes it's like, "What? I hate this." Or, you know, and then the other reaction is like, "What is this?" <laughs> Especially, you know, depending on what you've been listening to or like, you know, a your age and things like that. Uh, so I feel like the younger you are, I feel like the more unacceptable things are. You're like, I only listen to punk. This is not <laughs> punk. Get out of here. Like, fuck this. I'm not going to listen to this shit. Right. And then you get older and you're like, why would I ever say that? <laughs> more than one genre. Right. Yeah. Luckily for me, like I never, it's never too much, much of like, like that where i'm like i can only listen to one thing and only thing only because i mean when i was young i basically got into everything you know what i mean i was like oh i like this and i like this and i like this you know and so i was always kind of like that but probably when i first got into black metal like really heavy i was definitely like i'm only listening to black metal pretty much you know what I mean? like, <laughs> for a while i mean, i think there was i mean i would listen to like some other stuff like that like i also got into like doom metal around the same time like you know like my dying bride stuff like that and uh some other things but uh it was like there was a period where i was pretty much primarily just listening to black metal like you know when i was like 18 or whatever you know what i mean <laughs> i'll still go through stuff like sometimes like if there's a like a string of new records come out and they're all black metal and i really like them i'll just 
get on this wave and only listen to it. Yeah, I get like that too. Nah. But I mean, I think uh, it just depends on my mood now. You know, sometimes I listen to some stuff or, you know, I was in the black mode during the day. I'll put on some like dark ambient or something at night or, you know, you're like, listen to different things. Yeah, I listen to a lot of like goth stuff and dark wave and things like that. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm very into that. Like I got actually got into goth and dark wave and post-punk and stuff like that before I even got into black metal. So I, yeah so i started i was like originally kind of like into like you know the cure and joy division sisters mercy all stuff and then and you know like maybe some industrial like skinny puppy and answers a new bout and that kind of stuff and then i got into uh black metal a little bit later yeah, so i was also into other in the metal kind of concurrently with that but i mean you know i was early late 90s early 2000s like uh you know, I think probably originally like the first like more heavier metal that like more like brutal, you know, stuff with like the those type of vocals and stuff was probably Slipknot or something. You know what I mean? Like, and then yeah, that, that was a weird time for uh, <laughs> a lot of stuff. Well, and it's actually kind of funny because it was like Slipknot that actually led me to getting into death metal because um, I remember the guitarist Mick or whatever his name is, he's like in a death metal. So he'd always talk about like all these death metal bands and in interviews. I'm like, oh, let's check this out, you know, Cannibal Corpse or whatever. And then I heard Death Metal that way. But it, was, it wasn't, I like Death Metal, but um, I didn't really hear, like, the, my favorite Death Metal bands are stuff like Morbid Angel, yeah. you know, Incantation, yeah. stuff like that. I didn't hear that until a little bit later, until after I got into Black Metal. So I think Black Metal was really my, like, that was, like, my, like, um, outside of, like, you know, Black Sabbath and old school heavy metal, that was, like, my, you know, I had obviously heard sabbath and slayer and metallic and stuff like that you know what i mean like from pretty young age but then black metal was like my way into extreme metal you know what i mean yeah death like uh there's i like some death metal bands but like i would say it's it's a lot 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 less than the amount of black metal i listen to yeah like i did a top 10 death metal list like for the podcast a little while ago and that was a lot easier i, I just recorded a top basically actually a top 20 um, black metal podcast with my friends re that's coming out later on. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, that was a lot harder than doing the death metal one for me. Cause the death metal one, I'm pretty clear. These are the bands that I like. This is the type of death metal. I like don't okay. really like a lot of other kinds of stuff. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> somebody sent me like an interview like last month and they're like, Hey, name your like top 10 death metal records. I was like, can we do this like in a different genre, like black metal? <laughs> <laughs> they're like, of course, whatever you want to do. But I was like, okay, good. I just yeah. think uh, death metal. It's like a, it's not my thing, and I don't like to. I don't want to go off about something that I, I don't like have that kind of conviction about, you know. Yeah, like, and I, I mean, I don't really hear any death metal influence on Necrofire really either. There's, I could like, there's some death metal influence in the drumming and some things like that, but not like in the, I would say, musically. Yeah, it's kind of like with like. Like we're talking about necrophobic. Like I mean, their first album was bordering death metal ish, but I always I just consider them like you know black heavy metal, even with their first. Okay, album. but stuff like stuff like that, like that the first necrophobic or like possessed, or even like uh, altars of madness and stuff like that. Like I mean, those are like death metal records, but I'm like, all oh, are those death metal records? I don't. And yeah, that's got like like I mean that's uh because it's before it like it kind of changed and became what it is, I guess. But that kind of stuff I really liked. Yeah, I kind of consider so for me, possessed. Like, um, I kind of consider more of a proto black metal. 
than a death metal. I know that he has a song death metal. They called himself death metal or whatever, but, but I mean, let's be real. Like, uh, possess seven churches sounds more like fucking Bathory or something than, you know, like, then it sounds like, you know, cannibal corpse. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) Jeff told me that, uh, what is it? Like John dedicated like a dissection demo. They released to him back in the day. Something like that. Like they used to talk like like write each other. Oh really? Yeah, it makes sense. I mean Jeff After Jeff played the best last year, he met like me and him would message about a bunch of stuff and I posted some dissection song. He was like, I love that you're into this. And he started like just giving me this history lesson on all this stuff with him. And I was like, Whoa, I had no idea. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, Jeff seems like he's pretty into like a lot of stuff for real too. I mean, I remember seeing him sell like a whole bunch of occult books like a few little bit ago, like through uh miskatonic like i was like oh wow he's got like some pretty for real books there that he's selling like probably for yeah i was like but i mean it makes sense i mean possessed have like a real you know vibe to them i mean i love like seven churches one of my favorite albums of all time like and uh i i really up beyond um uh oh my god uh the second album i'm like blanking on the name uh beyond the gates Beyond the Gates, that's one, yeah. I like that album, too. I, th- I mean, I know a lot of people don't like it, but I think it's good. And I love their new album they just released, like, not too long ago. Like, that's fucking sick, too. Speaking of Beyond the Gates, I'm going there next week. <laughs> not the like, album. That's yeah, cool. the, the festival, yeah. That's awesome, like... That's if there, I kind of think about, like, if there's that's one of the festivals in Europe that I would like to go to. It's besides the fact of, like, the bands, like, being in Bergen... And the way, like, the venues it's at in the city where you can just, like, you know, you get a hotel and then you just you can just, you just walk everywhere on old cobblestone streets. And then just, like, I mean, there's a lot of black metal history there, too. And uh, I don't know. I like it. It's a good – the vibe of it and just hanging is good. Right, Besides yeah. The fact that, like, you can see every band that you probably listen to that you would never see here just playing a random show. <laughs> You're like, oh, okay, cool. Like well, seven bands I love from Trondheim are playing. Awesome, perfect. Yeah, exactly. Because all the a lot of the Nidrosian bands always play Beyond the Gates, and yeah, they're know. all on there. Like uh, that's uh, Beyond the Gates. How I met Bjorn uh, from Dravaza and Mare and Behexa uh, and all that. Yeah, like I talked to him a little bit. And I met him at Beyond the Gates, and just like when uh, Dravaza played, and just all those bands. Like that same year was like Fordham Rife. Uh, can't remember who else is on that one. Like Ritual Death played that thing. Before. Everybody in that world has been like it plays that fest. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm a really big fan of that whole. Like that's kind of like that, those bands are definitely like my vibe for black metal. If you know what I mean, like yeah, yeah, like hundred percent. Me too. Like last last year, Ritual Death and Darvaza are like pretty much in my my top top albums of the year. You know what I mean? Yeah, those two are the best. Yeah, there's some like the everything that comes out of that little scene is just amazing. I think it's cause they're like 110, 20% for real about what they're doing. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> they're like fucking intense, you know? Yeah. It's like, it's real. And also like, if you, uh, if you ever get a chance to see any of those bands play, like you can, you know, like certain bands play and you can just tell and you're like, whole oh, fuck. Yeah. Not like it goes beyond being like, uh, like, good musicians or putting on a show like there's like something there and like that's there with most of those bands yeah that's that's kind of one of my uh things i really want to see before i die i want to get over and try to see like 
uh those bands play live like or i, I really want to see like bjorn like perform because like you know i've seen the videos and everything and I, i'm i'm a real big fan of his vocals and he's just a fucking insane front man i'm like i need to see darvaza or Fizz and versa or you know one of these bands i need to see one of these bands live you know what i mean <laughs> oh yeah you, you definitely need to it's like, like I mean, yeah he like transcends stuff and it's 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 like over the top like i don't i would probably say that he's got to be the best front man like in our little world like hands down yeah i would say him and um torog from uh the hexen like yeah because uh, i'm a really I, I love his vocals on like the particularly it's funny with his vocals like i'm not a big fan of them necessarily on the first Behexen album or the first stargeist album but i feel like tricky by my you know my soul for his glory like his vocals are just fucking incredible you know what i mean yeah that, that, that whole record is just amazing yeah and that like like his harsh vocals those like kind of like chanty singing parts and stuff on him too yeah or like the bythos album that's fucking incredible too oh yeah that was really good yeah okay so we have like the exact same taste in black metal <laughs> I, like when you like when I, I started like when i was like listening to that uh well when i saw your stuff and was listening to that other episode and then i was just like you know just looking at things you liked and i was all okay i was like i think we have the same taste and stuff so we we do like, yeah. yeah yeah those those are definitely like my my top type of black metal you know that that's like what i'm into the most is stuff like that like bex and then all these types of bands because like um Turkey as time goes on, I used I probably it's actually funny my black metal I listen to a lot, but uh I found that as I get older, like the particular type of black metal that I listen to seems to narrow in like with the current certain type of type of things, you know what I mean? Like I don't really spend much time listening to like I don't know, like you know, maybe in the past I used to listen to more stuff that was like uh, I don't know, like um like I don't know something like Zaster or something like that. I maybe listened to more when I was younger, and nowadays I don't listen to that kind of stuff at all. Really, I you know I'm, I'm pretty much like focused in on like okay, I like this kind of stuff that's like, you know, got a little yeah, bit more balls to you know. I found like uh once I kind of like got I was like oh this is uh this is what I like because I feel like akin to that stuff as well and things and it just it hits me we're like all that stuff like uh like chaos rituals another one just stuff it's just insane like when i hear them i'm like this it's just anytime i listen to those bands it's like oh that's what i'm talking about or like let the devil in like that record is insane i can listen to that record anytime like i have no like it's just it's special yeah i like that i'm also like um feeding the crawling shadows that's one of my favorite sargas albums there's just yeah okay so like back into just like so the music's more than uh just like creating music and stuff like that like music if you do it and like and it happens like music is like pseudo it's magic and like it can like you know and especially i feel like the records that like me and you were talking about are the ones that people listen to over and over and especially in the more underground scene like they you, if you can capture that that's what that is yeah i always say that when you're playing music you can channel like i've always felt like you're channeling something from beyond, you know what I mean? Into this kind of music that the music vibrates with that feeling of that, 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 you know, like whatever you're, you're channeling into it, like if you're really connected to something, something, you know, deeper or, um, you know, like something beyond like, 
you're channeling that into the music and music's like the kind of the form but it still resonates with that that energy and so when you listen to the music that's made that way it opens the gateway to this force you know what i mean yeah that's like the entire reason i love playing black metal it's uh it's for exactly what you just said and i write even about like say just what you like just like the first necrofire record's a lot about just kind of like the unknown and things like just kind of like things that are in this world that like people don't talk about or don't know that are there, you know, that like, but still like, I feel like at least to me are real is just, you know, like, like the, what's happening at this moment to uh, like, you know, I like guess talking, but it's like, it's, you can like, but it, it can hit stuff like that with music where like, it'll trigger something where you can like, I feel like tap into that easier. Also, I got, like on this last record, I did like a, uh, started taking like a since mushrooms have became like more readily available now <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, and a lot of stuff like i mean like when i re recorded some of this record we had i was on some mushrooms like like writing of course um destroying angels is about basically kind of like taking mushrooms and changing your like you know your perception of what is real it's kind of like it's, it's that song's like uh it's loosely based on like say like uh like the, the influence Salim had on me yeah uh, just like watching stuff from him I met him on that tour just like you know like different stuff like that where it's like I feel like if you you if you channel certain things and then I feel like something like say psychedelics break down the barrier between like say whatever the um where your mind limits you or like what's what you can experience or feel and you combine those all together it's really like a just insane experience of something different yeah i mean i think that it's like any any tool that breaks down that barriers where you can like reach that point and and like you know it could be you can reach it even like through meditation or you know whatever but it's like getting to that that point of like where you're so in sync with the thing that you're channeling that it feels like it's just pouring through you into the to music like that's like the best feeling to me like when i can make something that i feel like i've kind of tapped into that part i'm just channeling the thing that i want that i'm writing about or whatever like i feel like that's the most incredible feeling you know no agreed right. uh, especially i feel like in, in like music along with like it's like when i'm like sometimes i have lyrics set aside like i've been working on something and then i kind of try to figure out where i'm going to use it or like what song but like i can't like if certain song makes me feel a certain way or like, I feel like it's supposed to be about this. I can't add this, like some lyrics to it that are about something else. Right. I'm like, this is, no, this is, no, I don't know. This doesn't work. And not like, you know, you know, uh, it's just like, whatever, like sometimes like I go into like the whole song with like, this is what this song's about. Okay. I'm going to write about this. But if the song is just like the music comes about without like some intent like that, then I try to, I have to piece together what I'm singing about by what it like makes me feel like after, cause I've done this numerous times where I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to write about this for this song. And then I start putting like stuff down to it. And I'm all nope, scrap. Like this isn't like, cause like I, when you do that to me, like it feels fake. It's like, no, uh, I have to go a different direction than this because this song isn't invoking whatever I've like I'm writing down on this page. Right. Yeah. You want the things to the lyrics to express the the energy of the music, right? Or vice yeah. versa. Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like you can they can be inspired by one or the other. You know, like you can. I, 
there's nothing wrong with writing music. And then when it inspires you to sing about doing that or writing something, and then you create music from that. But I feel like it has to, they elite, they have to go together no matter like, you know, chicken or the egg doesn't matter. It just has to be the same, like where they actually work and they're on the same, uh, the energy they're flowing is together. Yeah, I definitely agree. You know, like in the past, I used to write a lot more stuff where I'd have the lyrics first and then write the music based off of the lyrics. And then more recently, I've kind of gone more in the opposite direction. I'll write music and then try to figure out what the lyrics need to be about based off of the, the feeling of the music, you know what I mean? <laughs> Which can be, it can be a little bit more uh, difficult doing it that way because then you have to kind of interpret the music that you've made and figure mm -hmm. out. Yeah, that can get tricky. Yeah. Yeah, because when it's wrong, you're like this, ugh, no, not this song, not this song. Okay, I think this will work. But yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it can be tricky like that when it comes from the beginning and then it's just like this song is this so you just it doesn't really change paths but the other way you know you could go different ways and the ways don't always lead you where you need to go yeah exactly what are some of the kind of um like with the new album is the whole album kind of centered around certain types of concepts or is it kind of like each song's different or do they fit all together like what is they, they all kind of fit together as like a similar theme, like where uh, the album's supposed to like was like the intent of the album was kind of like was what like selling your soul for what you want. Like I feel, I feel like a lot of people either a don't know that they've sold their soul to do something; they just think they're doing it. Or I mean, you because you you can you know ritualistically go to the crossroads and summon whatever to like you know get, appease like uh spirits for what you want to do or you could just you know like or the same like because i feel like the ritual intent is just like can be the same as you just deciding you're like this is what i'm gonna do and then when you start doing that and give everything up for it then it's actually you know like fulfilling what you set out to do right but so that's kind of like the concept is that like selling your soul for that but also at the same time um it kind of a lot of it is about just like if you just chose to do that like a lot of stuff burns like in your life because it for whatever you're trying to get um and the more you want it or the more you push to get what you want like you lose other things to achieve other things and it's kind of like a kind of like the give and take of that and where it gets you yeah definitely you know like you know, well, I think too, like say with spiritual path as well, even in end of itself, there's uh, always a point in which you have to make some sacrifices. You know what I mean? Like, like for me, I remember getting to the point where, where I had to kind of like, all right, I got to fucking burn my whole world down and rebuild it. You know what I mean? I've had that, but not at that point. You know what I mean? Realize there's it. so many stuff like that. Like, uh, depending on, especially if you like, if you're going down paths like that, like, usually that leads like you know you're like you're moving forward and you're going somewhere and then you like you know you lose friends or like lose friends or, or not even like say you guys hate each other you just grow beyond who they are and you can't be with them anymore or you know like you can say hi and go have like a drink and like you know kind of converse with them but you know at the same time they're not like the closest friend they used to be with you because you've like you know moved on to something else and they're still where they were i feel like that's the biggest problem like, with some stuff with me over the course of just like say my life in general it's just like okay cool because i just i have like i'm real goal like goal oriented and i know what i want to do and i also i just i kind of set out on things and then uh a lot of people don't that's not what they want they, a lot, most people i feel like want to stay the same 
stay exactly where they are, not grow, not listen to anything new, not learn new things, not push themselves. Yeah, they kind of grow to a certain point where it's like they're comfortable and they just stay that way, you know. Yeah, like being comfortable sucks. Like I don't want to be comfortable. Like, you know, like I mean, there's times where like being comfortable is okay. But if you're just going to sit there and like everything's cool all the time, it's like uh, it's not like I need super turmoil in my life. But, you know, like I feel like if you're just uh, if everything's too comfortable, then like something's wrong. Yeah, I really think I think it's important to kind of push yourself forward in life, you know, like. Like, um, I don't know. Some people just stay in, and they're comfortable, but they're not happy. You know what I mean? Yeah, because that's that's the, the other thing is, like, it's your life. So your life should be how you want it to be. And a lot of people will never either push, like, do what it takes, to, I guess, to get to where you would need to be to do something like that. Or um, they're, they're just content with being like, all right, well, I guess that's just not achievable or something in that range. Yeah, it's kind of stay in this kind of you know, not to their full of their abilities or, you know what I mean? And it's hard, like, cause you know, you have to put pushing yourself some, sometimes take a lot of, um, um, you know, internal work and, and understanding like for yourself and what you're good at and where you want to go and how you can get there. And it can be difficult. You can have times where you don't really know what, what to do next, you know, but yeah, not at all. Like, I have no idea half the time what's coming next. I'm like, I kind of know where I want to go, except a lot of the times I don't know how I'm getting there. Yeah. That's, I mean, like, that's a lot of stuff with like going down, like, uh, just a path of where like, uh, sometimes like, I feel like substick, if you're truly on like the right path, I feel like you just like some, like how like stuff gets pushed in the right direction where you start. And then like, especially when it's happened enough and you're, and you're like into things like we are like, you're all of a sudden like, what just happened? did that okay this happened and you watch like certain things you know like unfold and there it's you know life isn't one big coincidence especially like when there's 15 things that happen over a series of events you're like okay like this is where i'm supposed to be like the, these things just don't happen yeah and i think another part of it too is like when negative stuff happens you have to realize like this is something i have to overcome and a lot of times i've found that the end result can actually place yourself into a better situation than you were before. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, uh, bad stuff. I mean, life's not always good. And, you know, I, I feel like dwelling on that and not pushing past it, like it's not going to be like that forever. Just like if you're not going to be, everything's not going to be great forever at the same time, but you know, it's good to look at it like that. So you just don't get stuck. Yeah. You always have to kind of figure out, okay, here's how we get over the situation and move past it. And yeah, I, I do think that the, the best, you know, when you're, I do feel like um, it's best to be in a position where you're like, you know, um, moving to a point where you're not necessarily comfortable, but you're not necessarily dealing with one catastrophe after another in your life. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. one catastrophe after another like, will fucking break you after a while. Yeah. <laughs> but like, but some like uh, strife and stuff like that, like helps you grow and, you know, and you learn things from that. Like, uh, I'm made so many mistakes like but as like as i think but the big key is like just trying to figure out what you're supposed to do next or just don't repeat the past like you know thing otherwise you just get stuck in a continuous circle and that's just as bad yeah as being like comfortable or content or whatever yeah sometimes i i do look back though being like 
you know, you make bad decisions in your twenties or something that you still have to deal with like 10 years later. You know what I mean? Like that's always uh, annoying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but, I feel like being in your twenties is all about making bad decisions. You just hopefully none of them haunt you forever. Yeah. <laughs> you just be able to like fucking, uh, yeah. Particularly like financially and stuff like that. I feel like in your twenties is just like do stupid stuff. And you're like, I mean, you're supposed to like, I feel like when you're in your twenties, you can actually do dumb stuff and like, it shouldn't affect you as bad as like, like I'm 43 and if I do fuck up shit now, it's like, Oh, that's bad. Can't do that. Right. Same thing happening when I was 24. It wouldn't matter. There are some people who, who live on the edge though. You know, they're like in their forties and they like, like, Oh, let's, in, let's, in, let's invest some money in this bad idea and like lose all my money and you're ruin your life in your forties. You know what I mean? I've seen people do that, you know? I mean, it gets like, I feel like the, a big part of like trying to like uh at least musically and i guess it works in your life too is like trying to reinvent yourself like over and over uh artistically i feel like it, depending on what you're doing and things like that a lot of times like if it comes i mean if it comes to you right it's a whole different thing but like in life trying to like reinvent yourself like that like over after catastrophes is just well, that's a lot yeah yeah it's better to keep that in your in uh and your and other things in your life, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> Yeah, like you said like spiritual growth and some other stuff and not like making sure you have a roof over your head or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. One thing I've heard you talk about with um with the new Necrofire album as well is um uh we're talking about like the Southern type of thing and like the whole like talking about Robert Jordan Johnson and the crossroads and all that kind of stuff, like Okay, so that's like kind of like what set the like the record kind of on like that theme of like selling your soul because we're uh, Robert and I talked about it like a lot where we wanted to like not trying to necessarily like we're we're a band from Texas and we're from the South so we wanted to like tie something that's like you know in our culture and where we come from into black metal and us as a band but like like what I was saying on Jackie's show I was like this I was like what am I going to sing about mountains? I was like, there's no mountains in Texas anywhere close to us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no snow there, you know, like uh, people do this kind of stuff all the time. And even like, uh, like my family immigrated from Norway, like probably three or four generations ago. So like I have Nordic blood, but I'm not going to sit around and start like singing about Odin, every song or something like that. Um, Cause I don't feel like it's a, like it doesn't fit like how uh, the band and us being, from where we are right yeah it's like, it's like and those things i mean and, it, and people can do whatever they want to do that's fine but i feel like for us it was like very tying it to being from the south or like something like i mean south texas all kind of like in the same world where it's um folklore uh even our sound i feel like the like um the way our guitar sound or the way our band is, is more akin to something like rotting Christ or like, you know, like the Hellenic black metal scene than it is say like from bands that are from the North or like, I mean, even for like where you are, for like uh, where you are, it gets cold there and there's snow and there's mountains. And like, I feel like you can achieve, like there's a lot of bands that do some of that stuff in that range. And I feel like it's like uh, appropriate, I guess, more than if you're in the desert singing about something or the swamp, you know? Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I think it's it's partly too because it's like I feel like when bands are like in a completely opposite thing and they're trying to talk about like like I don't know like snow and forests and stuff like that. Sometimes it just feels like they're trying to be 
yeah like i get as we were talking about like you should do stuff because it's like what like i don't know like it's either you feel is right or you're being called to it or something along those lines but at the same time like we get, why are you singing about the forest if you're like what have you like do you have you even gone camping have you even been into nature like you know there's a lot of stuff like sometimes i feel like people are like oh i'm supposed to sing about this because abbott sung about this on this record or uh whoever like you know like mayhem did this Demu did this like you know so they're like this is what black metal is so i need to sing about this even though it has nothing to do with them yeah yeah exactly like and I'm not, I think that is important to write about what come, what's, what's for real for you as a person. And, um, you know, like, uh, in your environment, you know what I mean? Like we have mountains here and some mountains really feel like Norway, you know, I can go up there and listen to Norwegian black metal and kind of tap into that energy if I wanted to. I mean, but I mean, I spend most of my life, I'm not in the mountain. I don't live in the mountains. So I spend most of my time, you know, in the, you know, outside, like, um, because I mean, like, especially like Norwegian culture, like they cities are much smaller than they are in America by far. And like even Oslo is like almost like the size of a is is not anywhere close to some kind of major metropolis in uh, like Houston, example or something. Yeah, but you know, all that like they like hiking and everyone has their own cabin and like I mean not everyone, but you know like a lot of people like they do. There's a lot of nature involved in their culture, and then that nature like in their culture, and then it comes out in their music. Yeah forcing it because you think that like that's what you're supposed to sing about yeah exactly yeah like when i was younger i spent a lot more time in mountains and stuff and i I kind of felt more like making that kind of music so i made a lot more like when i was younger but i also always was attracted to the more evil satanic stuff so then i was like i want to make stuff like this too and then it's kind of like as i've gotten older the that side of things has taken over where it's like you know i want to just break you know because it's more true to to who i am in my life as talking about like you know, occultism and Satanism and, you know, that kind of stuff. Cause you know, I'm not, I'm not really out in the, out in the woods every day in my life anymore or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like, and then, and even then, like, I don't know, like I'm not really into bands trying to just copy like, uh, um, you know, are we going to write about like the stuff just because that's what it's supposed to be? Or like, we want to sound like Norwegian black metal. I'm like, we're not Norwegian. Like we can't really, don't write in Norwegian, you know what I mean? Like you're not in Norway, like kind of is weird if you're like, <laughs> yeah, you know, no. nothing about Norway. And then, but you want to try to write something like you live there. And it's like, no, like, yeah, don't do I've seen some bands. Yeah. I've seen some, you know, it's, bands do that sometimes. And you're like, yeah, not, not don't like that too much. I feel like, um, we need to be like true to, to where we are. And, you know, I mean, Personally, like I have like a very ambivalent feelings about living in America. You know what I mean? Like, cause I do feel kind of connected to kind of European stuff, but, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm here, you know what I mean? And I am American. Like I can't help, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. You can't, you know, like, you can't be like, oh yeah, cool. You know, like I, I feel way more European and I, but this and that you're like, but I've, but I've lived in America my whole life in something else. I mean, you can feel that way, but at the same time, you can't just be like, I'm European, like uh and just jump into it or something yeah I just, you know. yeah i'm like no it's still i mean American. i like to just be like yeah i'm european as fuck i'm gonna move to a fjord and i'm never gonna see any of you guys again but like the likelihood of that happening anytime soon or happening is not high yeah exactly you know it's like the likelihood of you know like i mean you know i'm here you know so it's like and i sometimes have that feeling because i feel like um 
kind of out of place in a lot of ways, like just in general, where I feel like I'm probably too American for Europeans, but then too European for Americans. You know what I mean? So I feel like kind of like in this weird, like, cause I, you know, my family is from Finland and I was like raised kind of like, you know, like my dad was very surprisingly Finnish. Yeah. like i guess sometimes especially like like with let's go with like what americans think of europeans think of american black metal i think is a lot is is true in a lot of aspects of it but everybody that i've met in europe either in person or hung out with or talked to online like uh i've gotten along with very well uh i think it's because of like more i think in a lot of this stuff it's kind of what we we're talking about earlier like there's a small group of people like us on the planet. And like, you know, you like, you know, you can like see your own, especially when you're hanging out. And especially in our world, if like you're faking something else and like, you're not really into things or just making it up or whatever, you know, like you can see through it. Yeah. Like, well, I feel like too, like we were talking about too, like earlier is that the type of thing we're, we're connected to is, is, is still connected to place, but it's also connecting to something even deeper. And, but I do think that having that connection to place, but not trying to pretend like you're something you're not, I think is important. Cause it's like, you know, I think that you guys connecting with your kind of like that kind of Texas energy and like all that kind of stuff going on you know like like you're talking about like all those type of stories like robert johnson going to the crossroads and all kind of stuff i feel like that's really cool you know it's like and it but at the same time it's your music's also connected to stuff that is has that european feeling so it has that kind of like mix, mixture going on that kind of reminds me of like um i feel like uh i feel connected to that also because i also feel like you know if you look at stuff like uh Quimbanda or all that kind of stuff like in brazil like that, that kind of has that feeling too where it's like it's very like american you know what i mean like this american mixture of stuff but then it's very european at the same time you know what i mean like and i kind of i'm uh i feel like i feel connected to that kind of stuff because of that reason you know Yeah, but tying to your, like, you know, tying things, like, you know, it's just, like, writing about stuff that you're not into or, you know, because, I mean, anybody, I guess, could technically, like, Google some stuff and just, like, write some words down and then, like, you'll have a song, you know, but I feel like when, usually, at least in, I mean, I feel like you can do that in anything, but in black metal, I feel like you get called out faster. Yeah. Because no one, like, wants to stand for anything. If, like, if... Black metal, like I said this on Jackie's show, you can just talk shit still. They're like, that band's a fucking bunch of posers. Fuck them. And, like, you know, and people are like, yeah, I agree. Or,
there's not a lot of that that going on this and that the black metal bands i feel like it's like oh we're part of this group and we like these bands and fuck them and i'm all like yes <laughs> yeah i it was funny i i saw profanatica uh, last week and oh, yeah, like, they're coming out yeah it was an awesome show and it was so funny because uh paul edney did like like still talks shit about the norwegian black metal scene like in the in the in the in the middle of the set like he was like talking about how stupid it was and stuff he was like yeah that's so funny like you're just still talking shit about the norwegian black metal scene 30 years later you know what i mean <laughs> like i'm still pissed <laughs> so funny like i think he's just like it's just antagonistic he's just being antagonistic at this point you know what i mean like yeah i well especially i feel like music like uh the time period like they start like people that age or like say especially like bands say that started the 90s and things like that things are a lot more like like antagonistic or shit talking or trying to provoke things you know where uh people would use like nazi imagery just to piss everybody off rather than trying to be like they're like it had nothing to do with the fact that they cared one bit about the ideology going behind it yeah no yeah i mean that that's something people today seem to not understand about i would say music like underground music in the 80s and 90s like was very much you know trying to push buttons you could go back to like throbbing gristle and like the industrial scene in the late late 70s and 80s or you know like up to you know all the extreme metal bands and stuff like it's just about it was much more antagonistic much more like aggressive and fuck yeah. you like you know like and i feel like people seems like a lot of people today don't quite understand this idea that like yeah music's not here for everybody you know <laughs> yeah like the the other thing is yeah like everything everything is not for everyone and uh it doesn't need to be or supposed to be no you know like i always say to people if you don't like where black metal is then maybe you should go listen to a different genre you know what i mean like maybe black metal is not for you <laughs> my favorite thing is when people were like oh i heard this new band like can anybody give me information on who's in this band i want to make sure that whatever like i like research this before i get into finding out if there's something like the band's done something fucked up and i'm like just listen to a different genre i don't care yeah and it's not saying you should go support things that are fucked up but at the same time like if you're worried that some dude back in 1996, like when he was 15 at was like into like some kind of like fucked up shit and did something Nazi wise. And then like, uh, like don't listen to black metal. Yeah. Also, Like don't crucify people for doing, making mistakes when they were like, you know, a teenager. Yeah, exactly. You know, and you see a lot of that and it's like, it's idiotic. You know, I, I, I hear a new band and, I don't, my immediate thing is not to go, oh, let's make sure they're not sketchy. You know, no, fuck that. I'm just listening to the band. I like it, you know? Yeah, and yeah. It doesn't even cross my mind. I'm just like, oh, this is good. Yeah. Every once in a while, if you listen to the band, I love it. And then, like, somebody will be like, oh, they're, like, sketchy. I'm like, fuck, I don't give a fuck. You know, like. Whatever. I usually don't know until I accidentally, like, we're not accidentally, like, I post something and they're, like, and someone messaged me, like, bro, you should not be posting that. And I'm all, um, I was like, this isn't, like, on that level of I don't think I should be posting it. No. Like I got to talk about Sargeist one time and I was like, for what? I was yeah. like, because, I was like, because they're connected to Horna and something else and they're finished. Like, what do you want? I was like, I was like, just let go. The whole, the whole Horna thing pissed me off. Like when that all went down, like, cause I was like, this is some of the most bullshit fucking six degrees to Nazi nonsense that, that I've ever seen. Bad. You know what I mean? Like, this is like so idiotic. And it's basically all people, ba you know, 
going against like trying to cancel the shows based off of a headline basically because they obviously didn't read the article you know i mean that's all that is it's as soon as like uh i feel like at least that i feel like died down a little bit since like metal sucks got like reformed and they're not whatever the fuck they used to be oh really yeah they changed a bunch i think they changed editors and other things but that's i got like that's why you haven't seen any of those kind of like ridiculous black metal articles from them anymore oh really i didn't know that because yeah I, i basically was like Perm, perma band like metal sucks yeah. rather like i'm never going on the website you know like yeah. fuck that like don't yeah. click on any of their stuff anytime you click on stuff you're supporting them so don't click on any of this stuff yeah but they uh i mean a lot of it calmed down after that like uh when he posted all that stuff about destroyer and they posted his home address on the fucking internet or whatever posted whose address uh, editors oh really <laughs> so he got his like, i can't remember if it was his address or his phone number or something but then like all their stuff got taken down and then it was you know like okay not really he got he got a taste of his own medicine there yeah yeah because i mean even like the last i booked last time destroyer came to the states i booked the show in houston and i got like a i think the club i had it at I had like a couple emails about something and then they had an article like some i think metal sucks had posted something they were like look at this tattoo he has and i was just like okay here we go but you know <laughs> i i, I it, on some of that like uh it's just like people are fishing for something to be pissed off about. And then they're like, they think they're doing the world justice by freaking out on them. Yeah. It's, it's idiotic. Yeah. Like, what's one thing like, yeah. If, if they're an openly Nazi band, like, yeah, like you shouldn't support the band. Like that's fucked up or, you know, but like, if it's like six degrees of separation, you shouldn't support this band. It's like, it, it's just stop. What? Like did the synth player that played on 9,000 synth records in 1998 act like play synth on some record that was sketch. He probably didn't even remember he was on or know what the band was about. Like, yes, that probably. <laughs> so why, like, are you really gonna you're gonna like just berate him about this for the rest of his life? Like, yeah, no, yeah, it's 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 that's that's where it bothers me. I always say to people, I'm like, um, if a band is like openly a national socialist band who's writing about Hitler and stuff like that, you know, yeah, like, like, no, like no thing. If a band's like Wolf Knocked, then you can call them an NSBM band. But you cannot call Funeral Mist an NSBM band. You know what I mean? Like that's crossing a line of idiocy that I can't, I can't handle. You know? <laughs> yeah, just leave it alone. Like there's tons of like, like National Socialist Black Metal isn't even hidden anymore. Like most of them are all out in the open. So yeah. like you can tell, like yeah, like this, like cool. Look at this record. Like this is obviously a Nazi band. Like yeah, don't listen to this. It's but, very... you know, like you have to. And also, just in music in general, like musicians are kind of fucked up. Like, you know, if you really want to go out and cancel stuff, you might as well throw away most of your record collection. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, that includes old blues stuff, too. I mean, that, yeah, it includes like the beginning of rock and roll and blues to the stuff nowadays. Like, no one's squeaky clean. They're, you know, uh, it's just wrong to like just go after people with stuff like that if that's your intent. Like, just maybe don't listen to music or don't enjoy art or something instead of yeah that's that's kind of how i feel about it like and i always look at like the kind of thing where it's like what is the music about like even like say something like burism for example with varg like for me like burism's music isn't about his politics he can have his politics or whatever i don't care like he's not writing about that his music's not talking about that you know what i mean like at least particularly the early stuff you know like, yeah, people are real been out of shape about a bunch of that stuff, and it's just like okay. And then they're like, "Well, you know his politics." I was like, "Well, 
you know, we also killed somebody if you really want to get into some stuff. But they don't, <laughs> I feel like a lot of people that go off on Burzum because of his things don't even mention that. I'm just like, you people are crazy. <laughs> yeah, they're more bothered about his, like, you know, his videos on YouTube than they are about the fact that he murdered somebody. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and he, it's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, that stuff's just too much. Like, yeah, they're, I've, they're just searching for something. Yeah, does Vark have issues? Like, 100%. But, uh, yeah, I don't know why it's high goal to go after all that stuff. Yeah, I don't get it. Or uh, yeah, I hear about I hear heard some horror stories about them about band. You know, like in like say like Germany, like some of the clubs there and stuff like that. Like where people who work there like go through like every band's like social media and scroll through and make sure they're not wearing a, the wrong shirts and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like I've had I, friends that were told to take off a shirt when they were playing shows in certain cities in Europe. Yeah. Like, they're like, you can't wear that shirt. And they're like, yeah, whatever. They're like, you want to go down this road? And they're like, oh, shit. <laughs> it's really, it's it's on a next level of like, how do you have that much time in your life? Like, I don't I have guess that much it, time, you know. I understand that like on some point, like say like a bunch of nerds in Brooklyn freaking out about something is a lot different than like, I feel like at least if you're in, you know, in Germany and Austria and stuff like that, like you're at least really close to this situation that happened. Like, you know, like almost, I guess almost come up about a hundred years ago. So, like, you know, I mean, it's illegal to sell anything like paraphernalia and stuff like that in Germany and like a whole, you know, like and have other things like that. So uh, I feel like it's it, it makes a little more sense that that's taken like to an extreme. But when it's just still witch hunting over something else, it's still ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, I don't get it, you know. And for me, black metal is not about I don't even like think black metal is I don't like politics and black metal anyways. I don't really like politics and music, period. You know what I mean? Like. Even back when I was a teenager listening to punk stuff, like I was like, I always liked the Misfits and stuff like that. I really was kind of put off by a lot of political punk stuff. You know what I mean? Some of it, like, I mean, on some, I, I'm trying to figure out some old punk stuff. I guess, I mean, some of it just depends on the time and this and that. Like when it's, I feel like punk stuff hits when it's like, uh, at least to me, when it's like, would be something like, say, I don't know, like crass or os rotten or something. It's just like the system is fucking terrible. Like <laughs> this is bad. You know, like you're just taking advantage of people, whatever, like that kind of theory on stuff. I was like, I always like kind of like, I always kind of like stuff like that. Yeah. It's like super specific about certain things and, uh, or just especially like, uh, it's just too much. Like, I don't want to, most of the time I don't want to hear it. And in blackmail, I don't want to hear it at all. Yeah. Like, cool. Like in punk, if you want to sing about some stuff, that's great. Yeah, punk's a bit more of like a message music overall, though. I don't think that was the original intention. You know, like, you know, like talking to guys who were actually around in the early punk scene that really was not their intention was to create some kind of like weird. I think they're just kind of trying to cause some chaos and like piss some people off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was all about, yeah, they're, they're always a little bit confused about how punk got like so political and like so like fucking righteous, self righteous and all that kind of stuff. Like, because I don't think that was the intention. That kind of that kind of rose in the in the eighties. You know, it was yeah, kind of the sure. the next generation after that first generation of punk bands. And it's kind of yes, like... the more when it came more hardcore. And then I feel like, especially in that in America, when like Reagan was in office, it just kind of like I feel like the aggression and all that stuff must have somehow like it just kind of came together, and that's what happened. Yeah, because you can look at like say a band like Black Flag, who are part of that first wave, and they never really were particularly political. But then you can compare like some of those 
next wave of bands that kind of went more political, like Bad Religion or something. Like Bad Religion is a very good example of the kind of band that I don't really want to listen to because their al- songs are basically like political tracks about weirdly <laughs> specific politics. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that that stuff. Like, I mean, and even some of that stuff, like when like the let's go with like the UK punk bands, like they're singing about like the Dole queue and other shit. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck that is. So I guess maybe like when I was a kid, like you know, even that, like I, I like the rebellious nature of it, opposed to say exactly what they were talking about on some of it. Yeah, I was always really I like uh, the Subhumans UK. Uh, Dude, Subhumans is so good. They're like one of my favorite punk bands. Yeah, Subhumans rudimentary peni like crass like um 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 discharge like i I like you know uh, amoebics and all kind of stuff like that's kind of a lot of the punk type of stuff that i always gravitate towards that's all the good stuff particularly rudimentary peni like particularly because i mean they wrote a whole album about lovecraft you know like (laughs) i was like really into that and this fucking crazy art, you know, like the deaf church art and all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, I could relate to that kind of stuff more. You know what I mean? Yeah, those are all the stuff I like when I was a teenager and I listened to punk that I was all into. Because it was like, you know, like I listened to like some like, you know, it was like Guns N' Roses, Metallica and stuff. And then when I was 15, I became punk. So, of course, all that stuff sucked. And then, like, you know, there was just crass conflict, blitz, subhumans. Like, that's like I'm just obsessed with that for years. Is that kind of where you where you got your start, like playing music and stuff, like in the punk scene, or was it kind of just stuff you listened to? I played in some punk, like I played in like a punk band when I was uh, younger. Like we didn't really, like, I mean, it was like I was in high school. We played like I think we played like one proper show, and then we played like you know house parties stuff like that. It was just kind of like a riot, you know. Just back then, it was just like cool. Like I couldn't play at all. I could like you know, and we would just. We cover uh, we cover subhuman songs. We cover uh, just other different things. We got a couple of our own songs, and mostly we just go out and like get drunk and go to shows. It's like I don't even. Right, you're just kind of a gang. <laughs> it was just like this is what we do. Uh, we play music. We're into punk. We go to shows. Yeah, whatever. Just got like, go out and cause trouble. Well, I feel like with a band like the Subhumans, though, like particularly their later stuff kind of gravitated more towards metal, you know, or it exploited, you know, like the horror an- anthems album or whatever that album's called. Like those kind of things really kind of almost started bringing in some of that Black Sabbath elements and stuff like that. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, they did kind of put some stuff in there. Like there's some pretty, there's some more heavier songs in some of those later Subhumans albums. But there's, there's something about Subhumans, like a lot of this, even like, I would, like if you go back and listen to them, like a lot of this, like the Subhumans is dark and like they have that, like it, it has that atmosphere on those songs. It's like almost just like, desolation and like the world is done exactly yeah it was very had a very bleak atmosphere the um did, so so you're in the punk then did you like kind of go back to metal like from that point like did you kind of oh, yeah like... so like after i was punk and then all of a sudden i was like um i can't remember how old i was i think it was like 19 or 20 and it was just like fed up with the punk scene because it was just it's, I mean, whatever, punk scene's the same thing everywhere, I assume. It's just a lot of drama. And it was just like, you know, and there's like new kids in, and every time you turn around, it's like you're getting in a fight about something. I'm like, I can't deal with this shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, yeah. you know, and then I, I start going to less shows, and then that's kind of like when I got back into, like, more metal. But, like, originally it started, like, I think uh, when I got back into stuff, I was listening to, like, High on Fire, and then, like, I got into like the first black metal stuff I got into was like Satyricon. 
and because I, I kind like especially like I can't remember what record it was, but you know like when later satiric like uh, con when they went into more like when it was like rock based, like Rebel Extravaganza or Volcano. Yeah, and I was like, okay, I was like, this is, I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. I was like, I like this, and uh, you know, like uh, I think the Opeth stuff that came out at the time I liked. Uh, it was a lot. Of, I mean, a lot of that European stuff that came out from this stuff, like Amorphous, uh, Early Children of Bodom, and things like that. And then after that, what really got me like going is my friend got me into dissection. And then that kind of like just changed the whole thing. So that section was like the, the game changer for you. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck is this? Because <laughs> at the time I was like, I like, you know, I was like, I listened to it was like I listened to punk stuff or like not punk stuff. Like uh, it was metal stuff, but it was more kind of like it was like heavy metal based and some other things like that. And um then like yeah dissection just kind of changed it i was like what like how have i never heard like why, how did i miss this band you know right well then, and, you know dissection yeah. always has that heavy metal element to it as well you know yeah because that's what like because like that's what got me because it wasn't like if you would have just thrown me something like uh like gorgoroth i would have been like uh, i don't know what the fuck this is like too far like you know like i love gorgoroth now but you know 15 20 years ago like that's not you know like that you can't i feel like if you would have thrown me at that first it wouldn't have worked like say dissection just hit because of like the mix of black metal and heavy metal and even death metal in there i was just like what is this band and it's just like to this day like they're one of my favorite bands right but uh that really got me and then that just like pushed like this went down the rabbit hole after that yeah i think the first black metal i really got into is uh in a nightside eclipse by emperor yeah that's a good one yeah but uh, that was one of the first ones that got me. And then also like hearing, um, I'm trying to remember. Um, uh, well, I actually heard Bathory pretty early on, and um, and uh, stuff like uh, Carpathian Forest. Like I think Black Shining Leather was a pretty early album that I got. Like those are kind of some of the the things that got me into the into black metal, you know. Like, yeah, but after that, kind of just like lit a fire, and then it was just on. Because um, you know, I feel like especially even to this day, there's like a there's so many black metal bands that over the years in different countries that like I mean I I hear something new at least once every other week or so that I have no idea what the fuck it is. Like, oh yeah, this band was from Hungary in 1995. I'm like, what the fuck is this? This is great. Yeah, definitely a black metal. That's that's definitely a thing. Like where you can spend you know a lot of time like hearing stuff from across the world that you've never you've never heard before like from the late 80s early 90s i mean we're talking about cot for example like i just heard that like six you know three months ago or something you know what i mean like from the fucking great like 80s black black metal thing you know yeah there's like there's a couple other bands in that scene like from like the eastern european era that and they're just all gold where it's just like what one band, like, that, especially because I try on some of those when I really find something I really like, I try to like, at least listen to that for a while without just jumping. Because I mean, it's real easy, especially with technology today, to do listen to too many things over and over, or like not listen, like but just jump from one thing to the next. Oh, that was cool. That was cool. Like yeah. try to give it, like try to do your due diligence on some of them, like especially if you really like it. Uh, putting some time on the record and then i start trying to move around in that like okay so cat was around so who else is around yeah 
right, who's Root? Oh, Root is great. <laughs> you know, some stuff like that. Yeah, Root is Root is a great band. They're definitely another one of those ones in that that kind of uh, point where, yeah, I mean, they definitely have a lot of metal elements as well. And uh, even like, with the internet, like some of these bands that like they weren't the bands back in the like you know say like the bands like that some people liked and were smaller. I feel like with the internet now and uh, now those bands are ten times bigger than they ever were. Yeah, definitely. Like some of these bands have an opportunity to actually hit more people now, you know, and like, um, yeah, well, Eastern Europe, you had, you had like Root, uh, was, uh, Master's Hammer is another classic one of like Ritual. Yeah. Then, like, yeah, all those kinds of bands, like the, um, Tormentor. I always love Tormentor, uh, their, their album. I know Domini. There's so many, like, yeah, it's just, you can all of a sudden dive down into this. Oh, okay. And those are almost, those are like probably the more well-known super underground bands from there. Like who even knows where it goes after that, you know, half the time. Yeah, definitely. In the, you well, know, I would go with well-known now because people like me and you are like, what is this? Okay. Okay. I'm in, I'm in. This is great. Yeah. I've been listening to some of that stuff for a while. Like, but like, um, I was always, I'm always, been that kind of person who digs in like real deep into stuff you know like did like all my research i remember um when i first got into black metal was like 2004 um uh terrifier not terrifier uh terrorizer did a um magazine that was like uh it was like it was all about black metal it was like one it was like the the black metal issue yeah the black metal issue where the origins of black metal and all that stuff and they had this two-page spread of like you know the first wave and early second wave black metal. You know, it had everything from like you know all the classics like Hellhammer, Merciful Fate. It had like Sepultura, More Vision, Sarcophago, like you know all the stuff, Rotting Christ. You know, and I was like, it had all the Norwegian ones, and I was like, I told myself, you know, when I was like whatever eighteen. I was like, okay, I gotta listen to to all these albums. You know, nowadays I you know I know all of them like back to forth. You know what I mean, but. And that whole issue had tons of fucking bands that, you know, like, and bands that would definitely not be featured in a Terrorizer magazine today because it, it, like, had a whole section about Eastern Europe with, like, Graveland and all these kinds of bands being mentioned, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. No one's talking about Graveland anymore like that. Yeah, you wouldn't see Graveland in a, in a big mainstream metal magazine, you know? Not at all. Yeah, I used to, like, back, I used to get, like, metal books and things back when I was younger and be like, especially pre-internet and be like, all right, who are all these bands? And I would just try to figure out all, you know, like some of them were bad, some of them were good, but you know, it's just like, all oh, I need to, you know, it's just a, when you hit on that kind of quest, you just want everything. So you've got to know everything. Yeah. Yeah. And even, um, um, recently, like what's that book called? Um, uh, the cult, not the cult is alive or whatever. That one, um, uh, one or, that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, like we did it again. That's what's going on. That's what's the one that's coming out, right? Yeah, they're doing a reissue of it, and um, I have I have the ori- the original pressing, and even that book I was reading through it, and you know, found about bands I'd never even heard of in there, like Volcano and stuff like that from from Brazil. You know, like yeah, there's so much. To, I mean, like that book, like well, I I got it too, and like it's just like some points it's just overwhelming. You're like there is so much information in here. 
It's awesome like I, though. Like I tried to like because one time I tried to like just burn through it. I'm like this. I'm gonna read this book as a book, and then I'm like, fuck this. So I would like read a chapter on a band and then go listen to them and be like, all right, cool, and like live with it for a minute, and then I'd move on, like you know, like whatever later and read the next chapter. Otherwise, I, I just I felt like it was too much where I just kind of got lost. Yeah, that's a great book, and I, I'm looking forward to this reissue because it's supposed to be even bigger. You know, with more bands, more interviews. You're like. That's what I'm talking about. Like, I need definitely to pick that up because it's like that the original book. I mean, it's huge. You know, it's like I re I remember buying that a few years ago and reading through it and listening and finding out a bunch of new bands for me. And I was like, this is awesome. Like, and you know, a lot of good information and a lot of in depth information about certain things, like say the Black Legions and stuff that uh, I learned stuff in that that I hadn't even heard before. You know what I mean? Another one. Do you have Do you have Bloodfire Death? No, I don't have that one. That's like the uh, Swedish black uh, metal death metal one or Swedish metal one, right? Yeah, it's a real like um, it's a really good read because that goes through like Bathory and then um, all the yeah. I need to pick that up. I have the Swedish death metal book, but that, that's different. Yeah, a little different. Yeah, but yeah, that one's a good one. Like if um, if you run if you need something new <laughs> to read, like uh, I really like that one. Yeah, I needed to get that. I need to get the uh, the follow up books for the cult that the cult series, like because he has like all those other books that so just have interviews, like. And uh, I don't have the U.S. Black Metal book either. I've heard that one's good. The USBM one. I've got it, but I haven't really dove into it yet. I just uh, I'm a little like sometimes like I'll buy books whenever like I'm like I know I'm gonna get it, and then I'm just backed up. Yeah, I do that. I buy books and I don't get around to reading them. You know, like. I buy a lot of books and I, you know, they sit sit in the shelf until it's like the right time to read it or whatever. You know what I mean? But I'll be like, I, I need good, that. That's a good point. Like I didn't even think about that because that that actually does happen. Where you're like, uh, I feel like especially with a lot of like kind of like esoteric books and stuff or like things where I'll be like I'll get it and I'll be like, okay, I'm really into this, and then it'll just sit and then like with the right time it'll like catch my eye and I'm like, oh yeah it's time to read that. And usually it connects with something else that's going on where it's like, Oh, it was time to read this book now. Yeah. That happens to me all the time. I'll get, um, like an esoteric book or something and I will read it in that moment when I buy it, but I'll feel like this compulsion to buy this book. Right. And I'll pick it up. Might not read it right then, but then later on I'll be like, looking and yeah, like, okay. Catches your eye. Like, okay, I need to read this now. And then anytime that happens, it's always somehow relevant to, something is going on in my life or, you know what I mean? Like something on the spiritual level of things, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, feel, I always really and like the one that happens. Cause you're like, okay, yeah, that's, that's right. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, like that's um, my favorite things are when things like that happen where uh, it's like what I was talking about earlier where you're like on the right path because you're like, Oh, okay. Like, like on some of that, you know, it's like a, when you start noticing things that happen in the signs, it's like, it's really special. Yeah. It happens with me in music too. There'll be music that I'll listen to and, uh, and um, like, I like it, but then like maybe I don't listen to it for a while and I swing back to it like a little while later. And then you're like, Oh man, this is fucking awesome. Like why didn't I listen to this more? You know what I mean? <laughs> well, there's like, like I said, like the weirdest story I have with this stuff is like, so uh, my old band was on tour. And uh, we played at Reggie's in Chicago and I had this like tiger eye ring and I washed my hands in the bathroom and I left it on the sink. 
and then I noticed I had left it in the sink like probably 10 minutes later and went back and it was gone. Uh, and then I went and asked everybody, nowhere to be found. And like my wife had given it to me and I was like, fuck. I was like, I really like the ring too. Like besides it was a gift from her. And so whatever, don't find the ring. And I was, you know, like, okay, cool. Make sure like uh, I drank a lot more back then. So I was just like, make sure I keep my stuff together. Yeah. <laughs> Year and a half later, I'm playing in Indianapolis, and I stay. We stay at this guy's house, and then in the morning, the singer, like a friend, like picks up. He goes, "Hey, I found your ring." I was like, "My rings are all in my backpack." He's like, "No, I found your ring." He's like, "Remember the one you left in Chicago?" And I was like, "What the fuck?" And like the dude's like, he was like waking us up, and he had coffee. He's, I was like, "Where'd you find this ring?" He was like, "I found it at that uh, Gates of Slumber show in Reg at Reggie's a couple of years ago." I was like. I left that ring in the bathroom. We played that show. And he's like, well, it made its way back to you. <laughs> That's crazy. And I, was just, I was like, what the fuck? This wow. is like, like, I feel like at least as an adult around the time period, like stuff like this started happening to me. And uh, I was like, I was just like, all oh, holy shit. Like I, that one was like the like, one where it really kicked in where I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm like right where I'm supposed to be. This is fucking insane. Now I'm a little more like, all right, cool. This happened. This is exactly what's supposed to be happening. Back then it was like a big, like, holy shit. Yeah. I mean, different city, different year. Someone's, yeah, it was a whole, like, it, it was something special. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like those kind of things happen to kind of break down that barrier where you kind of go, okay, like, there's like this other level of things. You know what I mean? Like, you, you, you have to have certain things that happen, I think, to really break that down where you like you're like it's like a revelation of sorts you know what i mean oh no 100 percent. and some of that stuff like when it happens like that i feel like it's almost like a sign it's like hey pay attention like we can't literally do this to you like this all the time you know because i feel like a lot of stuff is like it's small little like synchronicities and things that like you're like if you pick up on you're like oh okay i'm on the right path this and that it doesn't have to be like some something like that is more of i would say like a grand gesture of a pay attention <laughs> this happened yeah i always feel like um one of the biggest things i could tell people is like the most important parts of of like engaging with like the spiritual paths and all this kinds of stuff is is being opening your awareness to the now and being aware of what's happening you know like people are very much caught up in in their thoughts and they're not paying attention to the world around them and when you do that, you end up missing out on opportunities in your life and you end up missing out on a lot of things. And if you are aware and existing in the now, like you end up having things open up for you because you're aware that they're there and you can take the chance and opportunity to make it happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's actually somebody, I can't remember if somebody sent me this quote or I just saw it like sometime in the last day or so. But it was talking about how people like aren't really present and it messes up everything with you because they're more concerned about whatever their plan is coming next or something that happened to them in the past. And like them uh, actually being in the moment is like a thing that rarely exists for most people these days. Yeah, exactly. I think I think that's a big part of, of, of everything because um, a lot of things operating you know, beyond the material level, like are, uh, end up communicating through us with like kind of things that's uh, maybe a little bit more subtle than some people. And so that's part of why I think a big part of it is doing the things like meditation, doing all these things to clear your mind and be aware of the reality around you 
in a deeper way because our body is like a tool to to interacting with these things like you know what i mean like you have to have like your your physical body has to be kind of trained to be able to really particularly now like maybe back in the day people were a little bit more close to that level and i think without all the distractions and say like maybe like you know like closer nature no like you know like electronics things like that um you can be more focused on where you're at or i mean like now like i mean people just walk around the street on their phone the whole time they're doing something and not know anything they did from point a to point b because they were just like sending an email on instagram texting somebody for 15 20 minutes yeah exactly like they're not paying attention at all to the world around them you know yeah. and the world could be showing them signs of things and they don't even they even know it you know like yeah. and even like when i lived in the city like i lived um like you know early 2000s of like in downtown and living down there like you know i had used to have to walk to work like you know three in the morning or something you know like and i was that person was like well i have to be aware you know and obviously you don't have phones and stuff but i feel like it'd be idiotic to walk around with your phone at three in the morning you know what i mean like yeah three in the morning walking on your phone you're gonna get jumped <laughs> yeah exactly but that that kind of experiences like helped me like because tap into that kind of energy of the world around and even in the middle of the city you, it, there's this web of energy and interconnections it's everywhere you know what i mean and yeah. you have to be connected to that and present in your reality and that's how you yeah you're not that's how you stop getting jumped and stuff like that you know what i mean the uh yeah i mean even it's I think the pressure, especially on your phones and stuff like that. I mean, even for me, it's tough. Like there's times where I have to, I'm like, I, I do too much stuff for like, say like, I'm, in, I'm like this spring, like I released a record and like, I was getting all this stuff for the festival and all those other things. And like, I was just on social media a ton and like, uh, I don't even notice it. Cause like, like the response, you know, you get like from just being on there or somebody like get like responding to you or whatever. So then like, I have to like, try to be uh, like, put my phone away at a certain time. Like, okay, there's absolutely nothing that's going to happen. Like right now, like, cool. I'm just going to put this over here and just let it sit. So um, it doesn't make me crazy by just like constantly like. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely experienced that more now, like running the podcast and people messaging me and, you know, all that kind of stuff where I have to be a little bit more like, aware of like okay like i'm like on my phone but i'm not really doing anything right now i'm just kind of scrolling for no reason you know i gotta put this shit down you know what i mean like wasting okay, that's time. what happens after it's like this say like man you see me and you were talking about something and then you're like yeah cool you're like, oh. and then before <laughs> you know it, you've been sitting on your phone like scrolling through nothing for 20 minutes yeah exactly yeah and uh you know sometimes you'll see see stuff that's that's good you're like okay cool i'm glad i saw that but most of the time it's just like yeah, it's kind of like you're not seeing anything and you have to kind of like learn to put it down, you know what I mean? Like it can be harder when you have to do stuff through it, you know, like I have to, you know, I have to use my computer, my phone to run the podcast and post about it and communicate with everybody because I'm communicating with people across the globe, you know what I mean? But yeah. I got to put it down and fucking do something else sometimes too. That I, I have found that, uh, yeah, like I used to fucking just read, like I used to get be able to just sit and read for hours and hours. And I found that as I get like nowadays, I actually find it a little bit harder to just sit and read for like three hours. And I'm like, I need to get back to like spending a little bit more time, like reading and doing stuff like that. Cause you know what I mean? I've just like, I've, I've had that same problem and I've been trying to, uh, 
it's getting better now, but like, you know, it'd just be like, I'd read for like five minutes and be like anxious to go do something. Yeah. Or like I gotten too used to like, oh, I'm just going to put on this show or whatever. You know what I mean? Like watch like something instead of like sitting and reading, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. You just put on like the worst is when you put on a show and then you just sit there on your phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> not even paying attention to this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that definitely happens. I've had, I've done that where I put on a show, like, you know, and um, then I end up looking at my phone, and then I realized I haven't been paying attention to the show at all, and I don't know, <laughs> I don't have any idea what the fuck's going on. So I'm like, oh fuck! And now I gotta re- rewind the show and go back and try to figure out what 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 they were talking about. Yeah, I feel like that's it. it feels like every time that happens to me, I feel so dumb. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah, I I guess there's sometimes it depends. Like, like there's some shows I kind of put on a bit as like background while I'm doing stuff like. Um, uh, but then there's some shows we don't pay attention, but you know, like, like I'll put like, like I have a, I have a real soft spot for like paranormal shows. Like I'll watch like ghost adventures and dead files and all that kind of shit. You know what I mean? Like, and uh, I'll put that on just as background and like something. Oh yeah. Some of those things I feel like, especially like uh, it's like interesting. So you can just kind of be like, what's going on or at some of it, if you've seen it before, it's just like, I don't know. I feel like it's like the equivalent of putting on some ambient music in the background where it's just there. Yeah. Like, sometimes it's kind of like you like the, the kind of the feeling from the show or whatever. And you just kind of have it on the, like, you know, can you can kind of tune in and out of it? Like, you know what I mean? But, uh, you know, if it's something that you actually want to watch and then you just end up looking at your phone, you, yeah, you feel kind of dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're just like this. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> what it really drives me crazy though, is when I'm talking to somebody and then they're, then they're on their, they look at their phone and they're scrolling their phone. And you realize that they haven't heard a single word that you said. Oh, it's the fucking worst. Like, and like, honestly, like I try not to like, uh, if I'm actually talking to somebody I'd like to talk to, I try not to be on my phone unless I, and I feel bad when sometimes it's like in the middle of work stuff. So I have to kind of do it, you know? Right. But, uh, either way, yeah, it's not a good feeling. Yeah. I always try to be like, uh, I guess one second after I respond to this and then, okay, now we're back to conversation. Cause yeah, I, I've had that happen to people where you're like talking and then they look at their phone and then, then they like stop and they like don't know what you're talking about and they just start they talking just, about something else. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's straight back to like the, I mean, that's like the other version of not being present in your life. It's like, a, I mean, cause you can do it without your phone easily by thinking about other stuff or, you know, or you can just physically just be on your phone and not be in it. You know? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. I definitely had those times where you're having conversations with somebody and, uh, and like, you start saying something and then you realize that they're not paying any attention at all to what you're saying. And you're kind of like, okay. But I usually, when I kind of know people like that, I'm just like, Hey, I'll cool. I'll see you later. I just like kind of take off. Yeah. You know, unless it's just, you're just chilling with them doing nothing, trying to burn some time. But yeah. The, uh, yeah, I'm sure like when you're like touring, cause I've never been touring. I'm sure that you're going to spend a lot of time just kind of chilling on your phone. Like, that, okay. So time. tour <laughs> is just as bad as the rest. If it's like traveling. Cause you're just like all, all right, here we go. So you just sit on your phone doing nothing because sometimes, like, if you're in the van, you're just in the van. So you're just, you know, there's only so much you can either sleep, talk to everybody else, or, you know, whatever. So then you just end up on your phone. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I can't imagine, you know, because, like, that's always my good, that's always the go to when you have to sit and wait for something is just like sc- scroll your phone. Like, yeah, yeah. But, so, yeah, just scroll. Sometimes I think about that. They, and they I, do before when they had to do nothing. Yeah, something I think about sometimes, I was like, back in the day, I didn't have a smartphone. I used to have to take a bus, you know, from, 
you know, to my work, you know, like 45 minute bus ride there and back. Right. And I was thinking about it. I, I, what, what did I do? Oh, I actually, I, I listened to music and I had like meditate and think about stuff or maybe I'd read my book while I was on the bus. You know what I mean? I did stuff like that. So that's, you know, it's like I wasn't on my phone. Nowadays, I just be on my phone all the time. And I'm like, you know, I, sometimes you got to get back to like, particularly like listening to music. That's something that I've been trying to do, get back to, because I will do that thing where I listen to music, then I scroll on my phone, and then you're not really paying attention to music. Yeah. It's like just on. I try not to do that as much as possible, but I have had to happen where, like, I feel like recently it's been really important to, I put on music to really listen to it for real and like really like, feel like what it you know like listen to like it like especially when you're first experiencing some stuff like throwing it on and just kind of jamming it it's like actually i feel like the first like especially if it's something you really like uh if you're really excited about then give it a real listen and like give it your attention i mean there's always times for the zillion times you'll listen to it in the future that might be on in the background or something you know yeah exactly but you know I always feel like the best, best, my favorite, my favorite albums are the kind of albums that I can listen to. And I've listened to them a million times and I still fucking get engrossed in it. Like, yeah. like, um, like mayhem, Demon Satanas is probably like my favorite black, black metal album of all time. And every time I put that on, I'm just like engrossed in it. Like I just like entranced by how amazing it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you yeah, those, like we were talking about earlier, like when you can capture some special stuff on a recording, like that's, uh, and you can still give like the same feeling that you felt like when you first listened to it. Like that's, that's when it's just like pure magic of like you create, like they create something special and captured the actual, like what, like they were doing at the time opposed to just, you know, recording a record. Yeah. Well, I feel like that's why that, that's why that Norwegian scene, for example, still to this day captures people so much, you know, it's still so fascinating people because that music still, breathes something special in my opinion you know what i mean or oh, 100 it does or a lot of those bands you know or even like the swedish bands like dissection marduk you know all those kinds of stuff like it breathes something like really special and and you can listen to it a thousand times and you still can go back to it and feel the same way as we did the first time i always try to keep that keep that feeling like i don't like to be jaded with music you know what i mean 100 percent I'll definitely burn some stuff to the ground, but when I burn it and I can listen to it again, I'm always happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's important. Like music. That's like that next level of music where you're like, I can listen to this pretty much every day and I still love it. You know? <laughs> yeah. I don't even know it. Like usually when it comes to that with me, it's like, I'm listening to it so much and then I'll say something. And then I usually get like a strange comment from my wife. Like, Oh, what are we going to listen to that again? And I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, you listen to that. Like all, for the last two months straight i'm all for real <laughs> like I, I feel like if you really get uh if it really gets you like that you don't even know that you've jammed it like fifty thousand times right. but somebody around you that isn't on that same <laughs> wavelength is like what what are you doing yeah why are you listening to this again what are what's some uh albums you listen to this year that so far that you like really like hold on let me see okay that night eternal record right now is the current one I've been listening to a ton. Yeah, that album's sick. Like I saw my friend like post about it. And I was like, this fucking album cover looks awesome. And I put it on and I was like, oh, it's totally giving me in solitude vibes, you know? Uh okay, so recently what is it? Uh this record Anti Future by the Rang, you know what I'm talking about? It's like a weird kind of like eighties synth record. 
Mm -mm. I don't know that one. I'll send it to you. It's really cool. Nice. Uh, Starting to find new stuff. That Hellarune's record's really good. I think, I don't know if I'm saying it right. Yeah, I haven't heard that the new album yet. I really been into the the Ruim. I don't know if you listen. Oh yeah, because... that one's like I was just about to be like, what did I? I just ordered three records. What was the third one? Yeah, that one's really good. Black Royal Spiritism. Everything about that, like that record's like one of those ones where you just you look at the cover and I was like, I fucking have to have this record. And then I listened to it and I was like, why is it so good? Yeah, that was perfect. Like that's up there on top of my list this year so far as. Um, verminous serpent i don't know if you heard that that's um that's a alan from primordials like side project they did with um, oh, okay i haven't one, listened to that what you're talking about yeah one of the guys from misotheist one of the guys from slidier like that album's really great um trying to think um I'm trying to figure out what came out like, a lot of stuff like I've, I've been jamming like to the end of the world just came out last year um yeah, I have like a playlist of of um Oh yeah. That the the new Triax song is really good. Yeah, the new Triax song is amazing. I'm definitely looking forward to to that album. Like Cheyenne's like killing it. Yeah, cuz I was like all like I like their old stuff but then like when he sent me a song and I was like, "Whoa, this is fucking great." Yeah, it's, it's definitely next level. Like I mean, his first album was pretty good, but this stuff's like great. Yeah. The um one album that I've been, where is it? Um, I really like the new Cloak album. Like I feel like they've kind of like taken the next step on their album too. Yeah, this is record definitely the best record they've done. It's like a there's like a lot darker things on it, and like a, it's good. Yeah, they kind of remind me. This album kind of reminds me of. Uh, for some reason, it kind it a lot of it reminds me of 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 moonspell like certain like the mid-era moonspell like night eternal and and that kind of stuff like for some reason oh yeah 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 for sure i never thought about like that like the stuff when fernando's doing more of his like you know growl vocals you know that's what always like makes me think of for some reason and then of course the new suitor album because i'm a huge fan of suitor yes that new album is fucking killer what was the other one just came out uh the ebony pendant record just came out really good which man? Ebony Pendant. I don't know that one. It's like uh it's like US Rob. It's in that kind of like a like Lamp and Murmur kind of stuff and things like that. Oh, okay. It's one of those bands. I'm kind of like um what's the word? I'm a little bit iffy of some of those bands. <laughs> yes, I completely am, but this record was good. <laughs> yeah. Like and there's certain bands that I'm not a fan of. Like I absolutely hate that Revenant Marquee band. Like I can't stand that shit. <laughs> You know, I know, and like, it's like, sorry if, if anybody out there listening to it, but I think it's garbage. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you only like what you like because there's so, okay, so there's weird stuff in that, like, where I didn't really listen to that much lamp stuff. I was like, why? I was like, okay, sure. And then uh, that goth record he put out, I was like, this is cool. <laughs> uh, the, the last, um, that slavery and submission or something like that. Yeah, I haven't really listened to that one yet. Um, but yeah, I mean, cause some stuff like, uh, there's a lot of stuff in that world where I'm usually like this, um, whatever. Yeah. The lamp of murmur, like that new album feels like immortal though. I guess yeah, it totally even... feels like immortal. It's not like, I'm it... complaining, but yeah, but it's like, uh, 
somebody was talking about they're like it feels like it's just a different band every record and i'm like you know he can do whatever he wants I was yeah like, i mean that's that's fine i mean I, I definitely think that new album was probably one of the ones that that i from what i've heard from him i liked it better than some of his older stuff yeah yeah like i mean like when you get into like the some of those like this like straight raw scene like some of that stuff's just like uh i mean there's some like really good things in there but some of it you know it's just like i guess i don't know if it just gets thrown in because it's kind of like some people think that scene is cool like anything yeah. else but it's just like oh yeah i don't like just because you made a bunch of noise on a raw recording doesn't mean you're good yeah i always look at the difference between um you know like i'm into raw black i mean i love like vaughn is one of my favorite things of all time i love the vaughn demos you know what i mean like that's pretty raw but um you know i love translating hunger or whatever but uh um i don't know like when i look at raw black metal you know like if you can do like look at the black legions like mutilation vlad tepish you know uh belka trade that kind of stuff like that to me is like the pinnacle of like more raw black metal you know and if you and even at its fucking noisiest there's songs you know what i mean like it's still yeah. songs there's there like, have to be songs and i feel like you have to like um i don't know like i feel like, like even though it's raw and you're not like going for some like stellar recording there's still like a whole like feeling you have to act you have to have songs and it has to like i don't know it's it's almost more about how it makes you feel than almost anything else like on that because like a lot of them it's just you know it's just noise i mean it might as well just be like you know some kind of like straight noise project <laughs> but yeah. uh, and even with that, like, there's like a way that noise sounds good to me. Like, you know, like, I do like noise music. I like a lot of kind of stuff, but, but I don't know. Like, I guess, like, for me, I'm more, if I'm going to listen to something more raw, I'm going to, I want to listen to something like, you know, satanic rites or whatever. You know, I mean, like, like, that's, like there's a couple of these, like, uh, I'm not recalling off the top of my head, but there's like a few times where I'll be like, there's some stuff in that world. I'm like, yeah, okay, that sounds cool. It's kind of like, or like the like black metal promotion page, you know, there's like so many bands and like none of them are bad, but a lot of them are, none of them are really good. Yeah. I always, um, I don't know if you follow the uh, review page Rauta, like the Finnish guy, Jerry. Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. he, he's on, uh, he's a YouTube. He does like reviews and stuff and, um, and he does interviews. Uh, and his, his thing is so funny because, yeah, he talks about how like there's just like a lot of bands where he feels like they didn't really like, put like they didn't put the work into making sure their songs are good like they just kind of like write something and just kind of put it out and be like yeah this is our album but it's like they didn't do any work to like refine the songs and you know and i get what he's talking about because i do hear a lot of bands coming out nowadays where it's like you feel like they didn't really demo their stuff they didn't really write it in a way that you know like it just feels like half unfinished and they're putting it out as their first album you know what i mean like yeah. i feel like bands maybe i know that you, it's yeah, you can do that now, obviously. But I feel like it's good for bands to maybe take some time and like make really write their songs, maybe make a demo, you know, like and then get to the, or make an EP, you know what I mean, and then like make an album. I'm, you know? I'm a, a complete advocate of like, yeah, when you start a band, it's like this or like anytime I because like I'll I'll do kind of like just random other projects like at home, and uh, I'm like this, just I'm, like it's like I usually I'm like three songs. And then if it, if it gets to, if the project gets to three songs, I'm like this, okay, it can be a project. And then I'll just put it out on tape and see like what it does. Yeah. I think, you know, that's... like, and, and honestly, like if I, and if I come up with some more stuff for it, then I'll do it again. But like, I, I, I've never gone into anything musically being like, all right, so I'm going to do this. Let's write an album. I'm like, you don't even know what it is if you don't have stuff written. So just, I, I feel like 
putting a couple songs together and then being like, Hey, this is what I'm doing. This is what it's about. And then if you still are invested in it, writing an album, you know, I feel like is the way to go. I mean, obviously you can do whatever you want, but that's how I like to do it. Yeah. I think it's a little bit better. I mean, like I have a new black metal thing in the works and, you know, you know, like hopefully here soon we'll have like, I think we're planning on releasing like maybe like a rehearsal demo of like a couple songs. So people can kind of hear what we're about and then work on an EP, you know, like, and you know, some of these songs we've been work, I've been like working on for a couple years, you know what I mean? Like we put putting that kind of work in and, um, I want to make sure the songs are good. Like, I don't want to just, you know, like a lot of my old demos, I would just kind of write something and then it was what it was. And I, you know, I'm kind of releasing some of that old stuff. And even then, like a lot of those songs, like everyone tried to make sure the songs are good, but you know, they're, they're demos, you know, like I was making them almost kind of stream of consciousness at the time. You know what I mean? Like, but if I'm going to be doing something with like a drummer and it's going to be like a real like band, like, you know, like I want to like really like work on the songs, make sure they're good and release the good songs and take that time because I, I just feel like that that's something that bands used to do a lot more that doesn't happen as much where you know let's play together let's play the songs let's get them together you know what i mean like and then write. i think a lot of people don't even get together and like create music with other humans because you can just get on the internet and get a drum track and then just do everything i mean if you can play guitar and bass like i mean you're almost there so um people are just like oh this is what it is boom it's done so instead of like it because like, i feel there is a lot to jamming with somebody and just like sealing like feeling the song out and seeing where it kind of naturally wants to go and things like that. You can't, I don't feel like you can do with a computer. I mean, you can a little bit, but it doesn't have the same effect of you, like you playing with someone and you're like, all of a sudden something just happens and you're just, yes. Like, you know, uh, I've never had that moment on the, like when I'm doing anything at the house demoing. No. Yeah. And like, we were talking about the kind of Nidrosian scene and how that's kind of like one of those like, pinnacle things because one thing i really love about them is that they record a lot of their stuff like the main, main tracks live in a studio together you know what i mean like they'll be like okay we got the guitars and drums and bass and record it all together at one time and then do overdubs you know like i really think that's awesome you know like really like trying to maintain that old school like kind of uh you know uh approach you know what i mean yeah especially like i mean I, in black metal especially i feel like i mean you can playing with somebody, uh, even like if you're, when you're like laying down, like if you're going to record and it's, you're going to like do overdubs and everything else, like having two people play together, at least like needs to be there for like how it's received, you know, like having people like, you know, say like, it's like you have a click track and you have like a recorded guitar support and it's like, here, record the drums to this. I'm like, no, like it doesn't have, it uh, usually, I feel like that it's, there's not like the same feeling that goes into it or like in anything where like it, you can lose sight of what it is. Cause certain things when you're playing together will happen, you know, like where it's like the, um, the parts will speed up and slow down slightly or just do something like naturally from playing with somebody where it can't, that can't happen. if like uh, something's just pre-done. Yeah. So I'm a, yeah, I'm a big fan of that. I mean, obviously there's plenty of great bands, great albums I listen to that are done you know the other way where you have like a you know click track and drums and i mean i don't i'm not hating on that but for me personally i'm like you, you, i feel like you can record the click track it's just like the the like click track's supposed to be a guide but you don't like i feel like but music's not supposed to be perfect so no. like 
but, but it takes like a it takes a super talented drummer to actually play off the click to what they need to do opposed to say just someone that's like cool we played in time yeah i i don't know there's something about it where i kind of like when bands record without a click even because it's like i like that organic ebb and flow of people yeah. actually kind of performing like the main parts together because i don't know i just like maybe it's part of like growing up listening you know to a lot of like really old school music like um you know like my dad you know playing me all these old blues stuff and all these old rock stuff where they're recording yeah, on one mic the level of musicianship from people back in the day that had to record everything live is insane compared to what do people do today well you think about like the phil specter like wall of sound i mean that was literally like a whole like a whole group of people recording around like basically one microphone you know what i mean like yeah it's like this all these like you know you have you know five to like on some of those things like 15 people all recording all at the same time like one person fucks up the tracks fucked like i mean that's crazy yeah i mean and there's something about that you know like we're like um i'm a big fan of the stooges and like iggy pop and like you look at like Funhouse, the way they recorded that was like they recorded everything live together. And Iggy was had a handheld microphone going into like a, a basically guitar amp with like effects on it. That's how, <laughs> that's how he did all the vocals for that album. You know, they recorded everything in one room together. You know, like that's a fucking classic album. You know, like I I don't know. I just look at a lot of that kind of stuff, and I I think part of me is just growing up with that kind of music. I'm like really used to hearing that kind of sound that kind of grit of stuff i think from a young age so i think one of with like black metal like a lot of times will kind of tend to gravitate towards stuff that has that you know like um or like i really like it's like the ritual death album like that sounds perfect to me because it's like powerful ritual death got like that that has like a vibe to it like you can feel like the like a just like they created something and it's together yeah and it's, it's like kind of it's more on the raw side but still powerful or you know like even like your necrofire album has like that kind of raw feeling to it at the same time even though you got a lot of stuff going on too like you got to like you know guitar solos and all kinds of stuff you know what i mean like it's a, not, another good, good example i think of like say like say hordem rife like like most of the recordings are like especially compared to like a lot of like uh bands in the same world as them i feel like the recordings are really fucking good but like they don't lose anything on there like it's like all the power and everything else is along with it exactly yeah like i just really like that or, or you know like we're talking about behexen like they're obviously one of my favorite bands today like the sound of like my soul for his glory or nice side emanations or poisonous path like that's perfect to me like it's raw it's still it's powerful but it's like i love recordings like that it's breathing it's breathing you know like i was thinking about that because it was like a lot most music before I don't know, maybe 2000 or something. A lot of music was not made of a click. A lot of music was made. The main tracks were made that way. Guys playing together, you know, like, and, you know, maybe post like the late nineties, two thousands, like kind of a lot of music nowadays made of a click. And you can really tell a difference. Like, you know, like in the, the sound of a lot of bands where it's like, you know, it's just a, sometimes it's a little too perfect for me. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, especially I feel like, and if I don't know, like, like the easiest scene to blast this is like deathcore, but like almost everything on that's fake. Yeah, you know, <laughs> whole records are just programmed drums. Yeah, you know, or just you know, like, and it, even now it's almost became a thing where like that's the sound they want, and like, like they don't record real guitars. It's like those are all amp sims, which 
amp sims have came a long way and you can make them sound pretty decent at this point on some things but it still loses like it like breathes a certain way that you can't make a sim do no yeah i can always tell a band when a band's using all amp sims on their recording like um a really good example is there's that German band uh, Der Weg Einer Freiheit, and I remember their old albums all had real real guitars, and then their new album that came out, I wasn't really a big fan of, and it was like I found out that they recorded all their guitars with um, it's that like I forget what that brand is, um, it's like an amp sim brand where it's actually an amp, but it's like um, it's I, I it's like it's not not like Axe, but it's like a more newer one, it's like more a bit more expensive, but. I was like, I could totally tell because their guitars completely like lost the power went from here to here, like in those albums, you know what I mean? They're like, this doesn't quite sound the same, you know? Yeah, it's got a different vibe to it. It just doesn't like a lot of the times. Well, and it also depends on like what, I mean, there's a million things you can do in recordings and whatever, but like there's, it just doesn't have the same feel. No. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just like, I don't know. And I feel like particularly black metal, black metal is, is very much music that, uh, Needs to have a little bit, of, a little bit of that rawness going on. Even if you're using a click and doing stuff like, you still need to kind of keep like some rawness in there, like, and it gets too clean. Yeah, it's in, like it's like I don't like anything. Like honestly, I don't really like most stuff that's done modern, anyways, in metal, but especially black metal. I'm like, absolutely not. Like, no modern drums. Like, guitar should be real stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. The worst is when it's tick 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 drums. Like, no, no way, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm there's a lot of there's, I mean there's a lot of drum replacement samples and why that's a lot of people's like records down the same is because a lot of people use the same ones but yeah that's just <laughs> yeah yeah and they, yeah they use the drum sample I don't know it sounds clicky I'm like yeah I don't like I'm like I'm at, like drums start clicking and I'm automatically like uh, okay I'm done I have to agree with Fenris on this where it's like I want some fucking power I want John John the drums you know what yeah. I mean <laughs> I want drums sound like war drums you know yeah. I don't want even even when you're doing a raw like production like under a funeral moon it still sounded pretty pretty you could hear everything you know what I mean like I you remember that band Seth Ariel? I don't think so. Okay, they're like a Swedish band. They released an album called Lords of the Night Realm, and that album has literally the worst drum sound I've ever heard on any album. Like, <laughs> it's so it's so tiny like they, all you can you can't really hear anything like, and it kind of sucks because the music's not bad but it just like. The drums are like, and then sometimes you can kind of hear the don't 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 like, but you know, like these drums aren't bad, but you can't hear them, so it's actually annoying, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I feel like they'll just bury the drums. Yeah, I don't. I'm not into it. <laughs> no, I need my drum. Need to be able to at least hear the drums. You know what I mean? I feel you. But yeah, man. I'm glad glad to have you have you on. We'll definitely have to do another another episode at some point. Oh, I'm totally down. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, it's been great. And this is exactly what I thought because I was just like this. We've been almost doing this for two and a half hours, like, and it was like just nothing. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, that's how it works. I mean, when I did the episode with um with um Giuseppe, you know, I was like, one like that, or like I think it was like three hours, or like or the episode I just did with um with uh void from gravier like uh that was another one where like next thing i know we're like oh we're at three hours like i probably need to get going now but you know it was like, <laughs> we just started to get on and i was like i always like that though when when episodes are like that you know 
Well, yeah, because I mean, we just had like I feel like we just had a conversation about a bunch of stuff, and we like a lot of the same things, and it was just real like it flowed and was real natural, opposed to like I mean, other people have like people, some people have podcasts where it's more to the point, and they're like, let's talk about the record and where did your band come from, and this and like you know, and there's a time and place for all that, but like like uh, it's, there's something to be said about like us being able to just chat forever without you know it, even thinking twice. Yeah, yeah, that's that's like the whole concept you know podcast like so i liked about jackie's podcast you know like you know like how he just does conversation and what it is it is and i'm like yeah, it's the way you go. uncut just like release it and that's that's all I, that's what i'm about you know like i like to hear conversations for between people talking about stuff that's interesting to me you know yeah because that's i mean it's, it goes back to what we've been talking about for the last two and a half hours <laughs> it's real so like that's kind of like we gravitate towards opposed to being like some kind of like manuscripted thing that just like um here you go yeah i have i mean i understand people like you want to be like uh i guess like prepared like fully like but you know i basically like i kind of like a lot of people I have, I mean, like, I kind of already listened to podcasts with you. Like, I kind of knew where you're coming from, you know? Like, so I was like, I knew we're kind of vibing on the same same wavelength. So I was like, we'll talk about whatever. But, yeah, I mean, like, I feel like... I mean, having a little agenda is cool. But, you know, but at the same time, like, when you... Wait, when you can do it and it doesn't look like anything was really set up, that's when it's, that's like, when it's good. Yeah, yeah. But a lot, a lot of the episodes I do, I just kind of go into it, like... All right, let's talk about what we talk about. I'm not going to force anything. Maybe I might have a couple things in my head of like, maybe we should have done this or whatever. But that's just not not really my uh, my thing, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I like to I like to just go for it. You know what I mean? Like that's how I am with like life. <laughs> I feel you. But yeah, man, thanks for coming on. Of course, man. Thank you. Awesome.
Hope you leave, I'm sinking down. 